Our story begins with war. A clashing of gods so destructive that nearly two-thirds of the population would not survive. They call this time the Calamity. In an effort to escape the decimation of the surface world, five families took refuge in an isolated area of the Underdark, drawn in by the innate well of magical power. Only to find that they were not the only ones drawn to the magic, and the denizens of the Dark would not let it go so easily. War waged both above and below. Until a device was crafted, an accumulation of five crafts bound as one to push back the evils of the darkness from whence they came. Now, centuries have passed, and a city has been forged in total isolation from the world above, and as such, the nameless city has known peace. However, nothing good ever truly lasts, and the darkness has always promised to come back. Now, faced with a resurgence of evils long since put at bay, three champions must rise, tasked with gathering an army strong enough to push back the darkness once and for all. These unsuspecting heroes must brave the world of the surface and the unknown dangers that lie in wait in order to save their city, their people, and any hope for the future that remains. Jazara Telena, a half-drow gloomstalker ranger, tasked with the protection of her companions and burdened with a dangerous curiosity for the unknown world above. She hunts the darkness with arrows more precise than the morals that dictate her aim. Ashakel, a dampier twilight cleric who walks the fine line between knowledge both sacred and forbidden. Under the caring eye of the Moonweaver and the otherworldly gaze of haunting red glow of the moon Brutus, she toes the line of darkness and light to bring forth the magic of twilight. Valkaria Nykor, a tiefling shadow sorceress, coalesced from arcane shadows and carved from the frozen flames of the deepest pits of the Nine Hells. Youth and duty clash within as the world before her unfolds. Hey y'all. Hey y'all. I'm a little late. <laughs> She's delayed. I'm delayed. It's Misty. It's Ani. And Aaron. And we're back with a special kind of episode for our D&D campaign. We're releasing these as a part of our one year anniversary for the Nameless City campaign and uh, having a little bit of fun both here for the you guys and uh, for my players. Everything that happens is just a continuation of the story, but because we're recording this in a longer setting and uh, because I spent like two two plus months working on what's going to happen um, and written like, oh, 25 pages for it. So yeah Yeah. girl (laughs) so you guys better fucking enjoy it because if you don't i'm flying out to california you're gonna enjoy it (laughs) you're gonna enjoy it or i'm gonna come out there and just beat the crap out of somebody so um but gonna shank us in our sleep at animal kingdom she's not gonna wait that long i was gonna say i wouldn't (laughs) wait that long no no i'd just come out there and come through somebody's window in the middle of the night she's got easier access 
It's true. <laughs> no, we both face the street. Yeah, but your window's easier to get into. <laughs> it will not be as of right now. <laughs> I just, I'm more concerned about the fact that Ani said that with just such experience in her voice. From experience, your window's harder to get in through than it is mine. So I know. She has never entered my bedroom through my window. That no, you're aware of. <laughs> that you're aware of, Erin. I know she's... Some- I know that she's knocked on the window when I wasn't in the room. I mean, she did that once, but she did not enter. Again, that you're aware of. So, but uh, I'm not the one who breaks me. in through windows. That's someone we don't talk about. This is true. Fair point. All right. So, our party, the last that we left off, had accomplished quite a bit you guys had found the cure to the frozen woe and brought it back to pale bank as you had raced against the clock in order to save a family that you had met in pale bank including Irvin fenton and their two daughters honor and magic who had come down with a frozen woe illness and were slowly turning to ice because of it after a long and treacherous time away from uh, pale bank you guys fought a cult and made some frenemies and traumatized a dwarf <laughs> and just so much more. Put and him in permanent therapy. <laughs> Absolutely. He's never leaving his hut ever again. Mm-hmm. Orvo is, he will never, ever, ever forget you. And in way distant in the future, he will pass down stories of his time with you guys, which his children will assume, his grandchildren will eventually just assume are grandpa's hallucinations and not (laughs) (laughs) like a goose that terrorized the town like sir goosington did absolutely he's going down in history uh as an absolute nightmare terror for selenium so you guys did traumatize quite a few different people so um beyond that you guys eventually were able to meet some people from a place called Jorhas, where they told you if you were looking for an army, you could find possible help out in a place called Rosanna in Jorhas, and you would have to seek an audience with the Bright Queen. They didn't really tell you how to do that, but they did point you in a direction. So with Cure for the Frozen Woe in hand and a possible new direction, you headed back to Pale Bank, saved a very grateful family, and absolutely partied into the night at Pale Bank as an entire town was so excited at the success that you guys have had. Um, Valkaria in particular gave uh, Elro the rest of the Cure for the Frozen Woe in order to help that protect the town and any of the people that are in it. And he promised to try and use the resources that he had to start reproducing the cure. But you did give them enough that even if it happens again anytime soon, they should be fine. Um, you guys partied well, well into the night at the Jolly Dwarf Tavern. The and wee hours. Eventually passed out in various states of intoxication and exhaustion <laughs> throughout the tavern. And uh, yeah. So we join our party the with probably just some morning after hangovers as the dawn rays just kind of go right through those tavern windows. Mm-hmm. And Valkaria, yes. you partied well into the night. You had a lot of drinks. You had a lot of food. You had a lot of fun. Where would you wake up 
in this morning after a party that went well, well past midnight. Probably a month among the chandeliers hanging from the ceiling. <laughs> Valkaria is sprawled through some of, <laughs> one of the chandeliers on the ceiling. Okay. Um, <laughs> and where would the morning find Asha? If she didn't somehow manage to get herself into an actual bed, because she would have done if you'd like her to. A corner, a quiet corner. Maybe like, okay. you know, maybe like one of those corner benches. So like by the hearse. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, the morning comes a little too soon for anybody's liking. Um, Valkaria is just slowly swinging back and forth in a chandelier, just knock out your tails hanging straight down. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got your limbs sprawled as you just sway precariously. And there's no electricity. It is candles that are yes. burning that you are laid amongst. Um, Why? She's, she's immune to fire. That's that's very fair. She is immune to fire. Luckily <laughs> for you, hair, she's, immune to, <laughs> she's immune to fire damage. She's not damage. immune to fire. <laughs> so, or no, that's not even true. You're resistant to resistant. fire damage. So you just take fire damage. So you can yeah. catch fire. So the morning comes, and uh, Valkaria, you hear a very loud like snort and a grunt and then just a loud crashing sound as something falls and the uh, barkeep has fallen off of his stool where he had fallen asleep at the bar and just (laughs) sprawled out across the floor and it does jerk you awake alright well Val's jerking awake is just eyes popping open eyes moving to the sound looking at the barkeep and just going nope alright no. You, you hear you hear a slight like rustling sound, Valkaria, and uh coming like out from underneath a table is just like one hand and then another hand and then just pulling herself up out from underneath the table is a very disgruntled Zara <laughs> who's just like uh, what time is it? What? What happened? <laughs> okay. And you see Jazara kind of like stand up. And she I just guess. looks around and like looks and then she like as she takes a couple steps like further into the room, she just sees your tail. Just slowly looks up into the ceiling, into the <laughs> chandelier, and stares at you like <sighs> Okay. <laughs> okay. Jeff fun. If you know, if if it were on there'd just be this morning burp. (laughs) 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 Valkyrie is still swinging in her chandelier and uh, Jazara has like stood up and there's people everywhere for the records asleep on tables on the floor sprawled over chairs and benches there's like mugs that are knocked over the whole place is an absolute disaster and Valkaria being in the chandelier is probably not, in all honesty, that bizarre of all the things that are happening in this room. She um, probably had to fight for that spot. <laughs> <laughs> you see Irvin and Venton um, are, have, are not in the room, though. They are one of the only people who aren't. And uh, But in the corner, on one of these benches, you see this huge mound of blankets and sitting on top of it, sleep, curled up, is... Sir Goosington. 
and uh, he he kind of like gets start as people like start starting to like wake up and like starting to make noise. You just hear really loud uh, on and off groaning sounds as people just start to slowly wake up. Um, there's some of that noise, and uh, beneath the pile of blankets that Sir Goosington is asleep on is Asha. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, Asha, the bed that you thought you crawled into last night was actually just a bench covered in blankets that then Sir Goosington had been using to make himself a nest, and when you crawled into them, he just didn't bother to do anything else. He just continued to build his blanket nest and then take a nap on top of you. I'm picturing... I, I, see, no, I see no problem. I, I feel exactly. like the, the result is the same. <laughs> I'm literally picturing Captain Hook on the ship while Smee is like... Oh, with the seagull? Yeah, with the seagull! <laughs> I, like, and, he, like, he, and Smee shaves the seagull's butt and then he's back... Clapping his butt? Yeah. <laughs> with the aftershave? I, with, yeah, with the aftershave, which I, is something I think about Literally every time I'm smacking cat butt, <laughs> you know, that sound, that's exactly what I think of. That's fair. <laughs> Gentle listener, please know that it is 10 a.m. on a Sunday morning and the brain has odd thoughts. <laughs> I mean, Gloria always has odd thoughts, so. Oh, I mean... she was on it the other day. Oh, yeah, when we were at Disney? Oh, she yeah. was on it. We were on the way there. Uh-huh. And I brought up, like, how we're going to do our lunch and dinner, because uh -huh. we're starting in Disneyland, but we wanted to get lunch in California Adventure. And I brought mm -hmm. it up, and she's like, oh my god, I was literally just thinking that. I was working through this the process. <laughs> yeah. And, and then... Um, I vocalized it. And then we were talking about playing today. Yeah. And um, I had been thinking for, like, a couple days, I'm like, we should start around 10. And then I say that to her, and then she's like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, we are. Oh, yeah, we're starting at 10. And I'm like, glad Gloria communicated that up the chain. Yep. <laughs> Gloria, hit, Gloria was a step ahead of you. Like, she knew what was up, so. This time. Oh, yeah. This time. You hear a uh, the door to the tavern open and in steps. Hellrow. And he, he, like, is all put together for the morning, and he looks like, you know, he went home and had a good night's rest and came back, and he snuffs into this tavern full of just half, if not more, of his town, just passed out drunk and in various states of disarray. And as he steps into the tavern, you see him, like, come, like, short, as he just kind of, oh. Ah. Uh, okay. Can you imagine all these people? <laughs> and, and, like, well of. <laughs> you see his own guard for the town just like kind of jerk up and he's kind of like giving them the side eye and then one of them who's laying on the floor like kind of rolls over makes eye contact with him and just bolts upright and then goes <laughs> to sways real hard to one side and then kicks like his buddy who's also passed down and, just, grr, 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 and, and the guy's just like and then as he goes to kick him he just totally loses his balance falls on top of his friend and you just hear just the, the cacophony of noises as two grown men try so hard to get to their feet in front of their commanding officer and it's not, it's not going well on that side of the tavern but that commotion does wake you up Asha okay and, uh, where is uh and she gonna just be like sour face yeah. like mm -hmm. where's um Elro's uh, um what's, what do you call it like the girl, the young one. Was she here? Yeah. Mila. 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 Thank you. Mila, uh, you don't see Mila at the moment. She is not 
anywhere to be seen. You don't okay. know whether or not she's somewhere else, or if, like, maybe she's just amongst the pile of people in a direction you can't see. Okay. So, um, <laughs> but Elro kind of this could either be walks... carnage or yeah. Elro kind of walks into the middle of the tavern, and as he goes, he kind of like nudges the tavern keep, who, who kind of groggily goes, uh, 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 morning, morning. <laughs> He turns around and he, and he looks at Jazara, then he looks at Valkaria, and he's like, Morning! <sighs> that was a good night. Did you have fun? I need a drink. <laughs> Starting to get a hangover. There's a cure for that. Anybody want a cure for that? And he pulls out this big thing of whiskey. <laughs> the cure for a hangover is to drink more. Care of the dog, yeah. And Elle, like kind of looks at him and says, Do not impart girls your poor habits they said ah they're only poor if you stop doing them enough to realize your mistakes and this is when val just shows up right next to the barkeep and be like whiskey I'd, how'd you get out of the uh tea, please oh she, uh, she <laughs> fell off the chandelier <laughs> okay you're not even gonna like you don't want to roll for it. you just fall out of the chandelier like she's gonna try because she she's gonna try and like do you want to a see ten. how drunk you still are? Sure. <laughs> okay. Both of you, and I'll make Jazara do too, roll me a constitution saving throw. 16. 16? Uh, okay. Jazara got an 18. 24. 24. Uh, you, none of you are drunk anymore. The hangover's starting to kick in. It's not too bad. Val, you're good. You're just, you're good. You don't have a hangover or anything like that. You are Val's just clumsy. stiff from, like, having laid in an awkward position in the <laughs> chandelier. But for the most part, you know, you're good. There's no hangover. There's no nausea. There's no headache. There's no none of it. Um, Asha, you, a little bit of that sun sensitivity is happening, and you're it made a little bit worse by the fact that you're from the Underdark. Uh, right. But, you know, overall, the headache is, is minimal. You think if you got some food in you, it, you know, it would probably go away. Jazara, I can imagine hearing her hissing as, uh, as... A little bit of vampiric noises are coming out. Yeah. yeah, like, when you just go, hey, Asha. <laughs> that, that's too much effort for it. That, that whole... <laughs> it'd be just... Here you go. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Jazara is, with an 18 is also... She's, she's good, you know? Like, she... You think she might have experience doing a lot of drinking with, like, the with the military in the, in the Nameless City. They do go to taverns and gamble a lot, and a lot of it is usually with drinks. So she does know how to hold her liquor, if only to keep up with some of the, her uncle and some of the annoying people that she worked with. But uh, she also... Asking yeah. for more whiskey. Now she's got a pension for alcohol. <laughs> and you see Elro goes over and, he's, and he like pushes his hand on the whiskey bottle to push it down and says it's a little early for those things my dears we have other matters to discuss I believe more than alcoholism at <laughs> 7 in the morning and he looks at the barkeep in his eye <laughs> I guess I'll go put together some food and, he, and then the and barkeep kind of like and tea for the lady and he marches off into the uh kitchen and you just hear a clanging of pots and pans and something crashes to the ground he's like i'm all right so I what am. i hear across the street every day okay yep mm -hmm. <laughs> kid so, you not, those neighbors 
Like, Lene commented on those houses and their lights. <laughs> so did Jack. Jack's like, I fucking hate this house. <laughs> yeah, like, every day you just hear, like, shit clanging in the backyard. Like, what are you doing? They're constructing a prison. They I already have a prison. They're <laughs> constructing a bigger prison. <laughs> the barkeep has gone back to make some breakfast. Uh, Asha, whether or not you've decided to crawl out of your blanket fort is up to you. She has uh, crawled strong... with the blanket on and the goose. <laughs> and the goose <laughs> shoulder. The goose is, like, sitting on top of your head as you've, like, wrapped yourself in this blanket. And he he's still, like, half sleeping at the moment. And, like, the, and we're both has... kissing at people. Uh huh. Anybody who tries to get too close to Sir Goosington hisses at them, and anybody who gets too close to Asha, she gets she hisses at them too. And uh, just you guys don't come near them today. <laughs> you guys kind of gather like around Elro, and he uh, he has with him a little satchel, and he says, "I'm glad to see you're all awake. <laughs> uh, I have something for you." And he reaches into his satchel and he pulls out this wooden box and he presents it to your group and um who would like to take it val okay val you take the box and he and he gladly hands it to you um and you open the box yes okay you Val's open tail the... is switching it's just like the box you the box. open the box and in it you see gold a lot of gold a thousand gold to be specific. Val's <laughs> tail immediately stops swishing. Jazara's <laughs> eyes kind of like go wide too. And uh, <clears throat> she kind of looks at him like, what is all of this? And he says, you have done my town a great service and something we all, and he gestures to the tavern and all the people that are still starting <laughs> to get up. The whole fucking town is at the tavern. Also. And, uh, but you've noticed like a couple of them are awake and are like paying attention and stuff like that, and uh, including the guards who have managed to get themselves on their feet. Uh, and, and he says, last night, we all got together and donated some money uh, to give to you as a thank you and to help you on your journey forward. So, from on behalf of all of Pale Bank, and he points at the box full of all the gold. He says, "Thank you, thank you." <laughs> Call this a sum? I know. <laughs> this Elro, we can't take this. At least not all of it. Yeah. Because <laughs> Val knows, like, when you're given a gift, you accept it, but like, because to, to reject it is, you know, yeah, it's rude. But she's like, we can't take all of this. Like, your town needs this far more than we do. He puts his hand, like, on the box, and he says, this is a thank you from all of us for the prosperity you will, and security and safety that you have guaranteed the future for our people. Well, <laughs> we wish we could give you more, but <laughs> we've decided that at the very least because of all of you've done for us we want to give you something that will help we cannot give you an army we cannot give you magic or good fortune in your futures but we can give you this and if it can do anything to make your travels a little better than that it will make us all very happy and you hear uh like 
a little bit of like a cheer go up from some of the the people that are conscious and uh and they're all looking at you like as you look around this tavern they're all looking at you guys with happiness and like approval that this is happening and because they all knew about it and because everybody in the town donated something and uh val is looking straight at uh elro mm -hmm. and just hands the box over to jazz okay and flings herself and just flings herself at elro and just hugs him and like he stumbles back a bit but he does like he doesn't he doesn't fall to the ground lucky for you <laughs> uh, but uh and he kind of like awkwardly like pats your back a bit <laughs> you you and your friends you have done much good for my town and it has been a long time since we've had strangers do such good for us or any good for us to be honest so on behalf of myself and the town may the travels and your future be good Thank you. Thank we you. We will do our best to not let any of you down. <laughs> Jazara kind of like looks at all of this money. She says, "We, we do appreciate this. This is, this is definitely going to help. We are still working on how, figuring out what to do with the surface world and how we're going to interact in it. But at least we won't have to worry about starving to death in it." <laughs> <laughs> And she kind of she kind of looks at it, and she kind of looks at uh, you guys, and she says, um, "Do you, we want one of us to hold it all? Do we want to divide it? Do we want to give most of it like to Asha, and then each of us take some of it, or do you want me to put it in the quiver, or what do you want to do?" Or in my in my pocket of space, we can divide it between all of those in case something happens. I think divide it amongst your yeah quiver, mm -hmm. my pocket of holding my little okay. space and, and then maybe gives a little bit of it to everybody yeah okay yeah, it would probably be safer so if something happens to we anybody. should probably give some to goosington so he can take it to gooseville and just hold it there because in case something happens to i any or all of us mm -hmm. goose no one's gonna su suspect goosey and if they do they won't be able to get to gooseville uh you <laughs> look at sir goosington and he looks at you. And he just kind of like lifts his head up. And then he just puts it back down to go to sleep. <laughs> and Jazara uh, uh, kind of leans over. She's yeah, the only problem is, is we've never actually been able to tell where he goes. Do we know he if he's going back. back to Gooseville? Do we think he'd bring it back? Do we think the goose would bring our money back? Because I'm gonna go with no. You know he can hear you, right? I have faith yeah. in Lucy. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> he terrorized a town and stole some shit. But he's always on our side. Is he? Yes, he is. But can he even take a giant box with him where he goes? Do we want to trust him with all of our money? Goosey! <clears throat> can I? Can we trust you to keep some of this gold in Gooseville? And then bring it back if we need it? If we need it? And he looks at the box and he looks at me. Zara kind of looks at Asha. She's like, "Do you know what that means?" <laughs> and Would Myth just... know what that means? <laughs> that was the next. That was the next thing I was gonna do. Is like, Myth, we wake him up. <laughs> Myth, my my darling. Um, sorry to wake you up so bloody early. Um, can you translate real quick for us? 
you you go to summon Myth, and when he turns into a cat, like the bracelet like disappears, and then when he turns back into your bracelet, mm -hmm. like it reappears. And your bracelet is not there, so you know he is already in cat form. And when you say Myth's name, you hear like a rattling noise, and out of a <laughs> giant pile of like whiskey bottles, just this little tail pops up, and then like a butt comes up, and then backing oh. out of all the bottles is waddling out as myth like huh ah. Asha darling did you say something and he's looking in a lot of directions just not in the right ones it's not not making any eye contact <coughs> no, it's like this is gonna be good <laughs> you don't think he sees you and he's like ah, mm, mm. and he turns around like, oh, Asha darling and he waves mm -hmm. a paw and then like he saunters sways over to you and his whole body swaying uh, and Asha just pushes her cup of tea at him uh -huh. <laughs> she, I mean clearly he's had something that some human beverage to drink so take the tea Asha darling you are wonderful <laughs> and he's, he looks down at this thing of tea and he stares at it for a long moment and then full face into the tea <laughs> and you just hear a very long loud and all of the tea in your cup is just immediately drained away. And he reaches his head back and I was like, ah. And his tongue, which is a bit longer than a normal cat's as it goes over his whole head and then goes back into his mouth and it's just delightful. What can I do for you, Asha, darling? And he, he sways a little. <laughs> <laughs> and Asha's trying to hold back the... It's a combination of I've never seen you act this way, so I'm a little scared. <laughs> and and she's trying to hold back a laugh here. Um, so she says, uh, can you translate Goose, please? And he blinks, and it's not really, his eyes don't blink really in tandem. It's just kind of one, then the other, at a slight delay. And he looks at the Goose, and Goosey turns out. And Myth blinks again, but a little more slowly, and he says, do not give that goose money. <laughs> he has plans. He has what? Clients? Plans. Plans. Okay. Plans. And he looks at, and like, they, there's definitely like silent communication going on, and then he says, why did you want him to keep the money? Like, um, what is he supposed to do with it? To protect it. Need it. Something happens to us. And they, there's like another long conversation, and <laughs> And uh, Myth, like, tilts his head and, like, owl style, like, all the way to the side. <laughs> and stares at Goosington, and then he goes, huh, the goose can't go to Gooseville. No. I'm sorry, what? He said he can't go to Gooseville. But he also Lucy, where do you go? And Sir Goosington looks at you, but he doesn't say anything. And Myth just kind of shrugs his little kitty shoulders, and he said... But he also did say that, if, that uh, he thinks that the money is his due and he can forward grand plans and chaos if he has it so maybe don't do that i don't know what grand goose plans are but don't do that we have enough Goosey, problems you conniving bastard <laughs> no money for you uh is gonna kind of like take the box and she's going to pass out some of the gold. She's gonna pass out 100 gold to each of you. Um, and then 
is going to split the remaining gold between Valkaria's space and Jazara's quiver. So, everybody has 100 gold, at least 100 extra gold. And Asha has made a note of the total for the group. Okay, good. So, Jazara's quiver will be holding 350 gold, and I'll make a note of that. And then Val's uh, space will also have 350 gold. And then, Asha, you'll have 100 gold on your person, uh, plus whatever other money you might have had already. Um, Mm -hmm. And the same thing with Val and Jazara. How much does Val have? I just forget. Uh, Yeah, Jazara's up to 111 gold, some silver, and some copper. So... Um, so she, she kind of, like, divides everything out, and you guys kind of, like, make a, you know, make your plans a little bit, and Elro, uh, looks at you and says, uh, I do not know how much longer you're planning to be in town, and he kind of looks at the three of you and says, but if you need supplies or anything to leave, please let me know. And he says, Mila will be more than where is Mila? Mila? <laughs> Mila, are you here? <laughs> Mila! And you hear a long groaning sound. <laughs> you guys all kind of like look around. Give me perception checks. Nineteen. Ten. Jazara got a natural twenty. So she is the first spot coming from <laughs> The, on the the bar has has like the the actual bar, but it has like these posts that come up, and then there's like this mm-hmm. top part where there's like shelving and stuff up there. Right. Uh, Mila's hand just kind of flops down from on the top of those shelves, <laughs> and then leaning down, and she just pokes her head down, and like she's upside down. She's like, oh, morning. What? Hello? Oh. And then she makes eye contact with Elro. And she, oh. Oh. Oh, sh- and oh. then she jerks, and she turns, and she falls off of these shelves onto the bar, makes the mistake of rolling in the wrong direction, and then rolls off of the bar onto the floor. And uh, she... Uh, oh, oh, uh, oh no. Poor baby. Ow. And she she kind of, like, you just hear up, And then she pulls herself up, like, huh, Morning! Morning! What's going on? And Elro just stares at her and just lets out a huge sigh. (laughs) (sighs) Mila, when you've composed yourself, the girls, and he gestures at the group, will be leaving town soon. Please help them gather anything that they may need to do so. And she says, oh, you're leaving? Aw, okay. Well, I guess that makes sense. You have things to do and places to be more than our little town, so I uh I can get you some stuff. What do you what do you need? And she kind of like leans a little heavily on the bar and at the, it's this point when the barkeep comes out with just this gigantic thing of food. And he's and he goes and he has like uh, he has this giant like tray that like waiters and stuff use and it's all piled high with like these individual plates full of food and he starts passing them out and he plops a giant one in front of Mila she goes oh thank you and she just starts (laughs) she starts putting food like in her mouth she kind of like huddles around the food and she stares at you and he passes a plate out to each of you and uh, uh, he offers one to 
Elro as well, who does take one, and uh, he starts passing it around to, like, all the drunken people who are starting to get up, and they all grow and, like, in various states of awake and, like, appreciative as they as they take some of this food. Val growls as she eats her food. <laughs> mm. Val starts to eat, and so does Jazara, though Jazara does make a point to grab a fork, um, and offer one to Asha as well. <laughs> and, uh, uh, Myth gets a little saucer of milk set in front of him and, like, some fish smoked fish on the side too and uh sir goosington eventually makes his way down and he gets his own fish too and uh Desara kind of looks at you guys and she says uh well i suppose the sooner we leave the better did you guys want to leave today do we have a heading other than south yeah. well we need to make our way south and then the closer we get we can start inspecting where it is we want to cross over the mountains to try and get into jorhas without getting caught so but and she kind of, Jazara starts pulling out the map to show to you guys. She says, it is a quite a long trip just to get south. So the sooner we leave, the better off we're going to be. And All right. uh, uh, she, she kind of like points out the map to you guys. And she says, it'll be at least a week or two before we get out of the north. <laughs> and then it's from there, we'll hopefully get out of this cold. But we need to just start heading south as soon as possible. And uh, you're right. Elro kind of nods and, he's, and uh, he says, do you plan to go on foot or by horse or... As soon as Elro says horse, Val like slams her mug down and just goes, horse! Ones that don't kick me! I okay. I a little more averse to horse. We have a magical horse. Oh. Um, we need, I would think, probably two more. Okay. Horses. Uh, do you want to travel on horseback or by cart or is there a preference? You would need it if you want to take a cart. You would need, and you already have a horse. You would need at least one more horse and then the cart. Uh, or you could take three horses south, though that might be a little more uncomfortable for long-term travel. It would probably be at least a bit faster. Cart. See, I'm thinking speed. Um, and I was thinking Asha would want to be comfy. Well, this too. Asha is considering her options, but like, if we need to make a quick escape, I was thinking that too. Horses unencumbered by a a wagon, a wagon would Mm. be optimal. So, no cart, no cart, no cart. He says, "All right. uh, So you will need two more horses. All right. Uh, We can get you that. I can talk to." one of the people in town and see if he's willing to part with some horses, perhaps for a bit of a price, but I will I will work on it. And uh, Elro, he says, I, I should be back within an hour or so. Uh, and uh, he makes his way out of the out of the tavern. See, so like, Jazara goes and, like, she starts finishing her food and she kind of turns to the barkeep and, and uh, she says, uh, why we're waiting for Elro to come back. Is there a room we can use? And she gestures like the two of you as well to clean up after all of that. And uh, the barkeep who's pulling people up off of the floor and onto their feet and kind of shoving them towards the door and like writing some of the furniture. Ah, yes, yes. There's uh, the empty room you all had before. Feel free, feel free. And Jazara nods and and, uh, she says and she kind of leans into both of you who are still eating. She says, I am going to take a bath first. And then she runs up the stairs. (laughs) (laughs) 
Jazara goes upstairs to get clean while you guys start eating. And uh, Asha, to your possible wilderment, <laughs> Myth has just been eating and drinking by putting face planting into things. Just a slurping sound. And then whatever it was he was eating or drinking is just gone. And then he moves to like the next dish, possibly next to one of the passed out people that are still on the floor, and then just starts to consume that as well. And he just starts, yeah, he's starting to eat a lot of food. And uh, he's just a- watching. A little more stable on his feet as he goes, but, you know, there's still some drunkenness there. Uh, Sir Goosey has eaten his fish and is now taking a second nap for the day. Um, is there anything you guys would like to do in between taking turns having your morning bath? Mm, not particularly. Ash is just watching the animals to make sure they don't overstuff themselves and so, like, <laughs> Goosey doesn't become foie gras or anything. <laughs> Um, Fair enough. Uh, Val, when or how would Val realize she's got new spells as she can fly? Um, like as your magic is, you've noticed your magic be a little weird and like unstable recently, and that was one of the reasons you started to work on like your meditation and stuff like that. I think as you wake up in the morning, you kind of feel like you've all of the stress that you've been under for like the past couple of weeks has kind of not, it's not completely gone because you still have so much to do, but like it's the levels of it have gone down quite a lot. And like, as your mind is cleared and a lot of the stress has gone away, you kind of get this new sense of more magic in you and you can try to reach into it and like tap into it if you'd like and kind of see what takes form. All right. So while we're waiting for our, while Val is waiting for her turn in the shower, because I'm guessing she's going to go last, because Asha's going to beat her to it. She's going to start, you know, her meditation with her hallows of mm-hmm. Eve and all of her trinkets and everything. And as she gets, like, she just zones into it, and I'm, you know, she's she's checking out all these new things that she's feeling and seeing, and with the mm-hmm. magic, and she starts to float. Okay. Did you cast fly on yourself without <laughs> yeah, really knowing? Uh, yeah. Val, I'm gonna. It's your very first time casting fly, so I'm going to have you make me a Arcana check, and we'll see what goes from there. Fifteen. Fifteen. You you have your eyes closed, and you don't really realize that you're slowly rising up off the floor, and you kind of like raise up and up and up, and then you're you're kind of like jerked out of that as your head hits the ceiling. And you, when you open your eyes, you are floating. Holy shit! And Asha, you see a floating Valkaria. Asha. Asha has kind of <laughs> reached her level of tolerance for uh, the weirdest shit that uh, Valkaria can do. She's seen uh, Cactus Val, Valama, and Asha's just. Dragon. It, uh, pretending to be a dragon. Although somehow that didn't really phase her as much. But anyway, um, she's like watching her and she's just like filled with dread. Now she knows what's coming. Yeah. Now she knows what's coming. As as she exclaims, Holy shit. Uh-huh. She's about to laugh, I go, ha ha and just fire spits out of her mouth. And a it's at first little sparks and as you're laughing, it just a a bit of fire just kind of goes out and just whooshes out and like hits the ceiling. But because of that, it rocks you backwards. Mm-hmm. And Valkaria is now starting to spin. 
This is your very first time casting fly. You have not mastered control. No, of is she still yet. flaming <laughs> as she's spinning? No, it was just one burst of fire. It starts shooting okay. her backwards, and now she's zero gravity style, just floating and spinning. And it's about that time that Jazara comes down the stairs after having taken a bath and sees this. And Asha has both animals in her arms. Uh-huh. And she says nothing to Jazz. She just hands Jazz the goose and takes Myth and just walk and just you can just hear her. No. 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 And, and you pass Jazara, yeah, like up on the stairs. And Myth, who as soon as you pick him up, just conks out. He is right. Awesome. The goose is also still asleep. Jazara is standing there with holding a sleeping goose. She walks over to the former nest pile of blankets, puts the goose into the nest pile, and uh, Asha, you've gone upstairs, close the door, you're gonna go take a bath. The door slams a little harder than anyone (laughs) thinks is actually necessary. Uh And uh, Jazara's gonna walk over to Valkaria as she's still spinning, and you're Jazara, Val, you're kind of like bumping into things, which is changing your trajectory a little here and there. And Jazara doesn't care. She's laughing. She's enjoying the fact that she can fly. Uh huh. Jazara's gonna look at you and it's like, okay, this is new. What's happening? Jazz, I can fly. Fuck. (laughs) Great. Also, also, I can spit fire. Fuck. Jazara's gonna reach out and grab your ankle to like stabilize you a little and kind of like pull you down just a bit. And uh, she says, can you control this? No, not right now. Triple fuck. Valkaria, until you learn to control this, and I suggest you start working on it, do not use this magic outside. You will float away. I wasn't trying to. I didn't know I could. I was just meditating while y'all were in the shower, and I started to float and spit fire. You need to... And she she's going to reach into her bag, actually, and she's going to pull out a rope, and she's going to tie it around her ankle. And then she goes, and she loops it around one of the posts on the bar, and she ties it to there. And she says, have fun. <laughs> and she she walks over to the door, and she says, we are going to need supplies for this trip. I'm going to go deal with that. Don't go outside. <laughs> and she kind of, like, walks past, like, a couple of people who are trying to, like, slowly stagger out of the bar and she just slam- throws the doors open and <laughs> walks outside and uh, she goes off and uh, is gonna Val go is now trying to swim in the air towards uh, mm-hmm. the barkeep yep and he is so short and you are floating so <laughs> high and he does not notice you up there as he's been like writing things and like uh, you know putting things back up right and cleaning some stuff and all that and you are just floating Probably about ten feet above him. Uh, since Val can't go outside, she figures, and Jazara told her, because she listens to Jazz, <laughs> that uh, she needs to control this. So she's going to try and you know get to the barkeep, towards the kitchen, where there's the fire. Oh, no. And just, like, concentrate on, like, being in charge of the cooking. Like, just keeping the flame alive. Okay, you kind of, like, try to focus on, on the fire. Um, and you, you, like, 
swim your way through, <laughs> kind of like going in between the bar space and all that. And you kind of float towards the kitchen, and you as you you kind of like have to grab the the door frame and pull yourself yep. in and like float inside. Because um, right now Val doesn't look, know how to come down. And you kind of like look at the the fire and you stare at it for a while. How long do you think Valkyrie stares at this fire, trying to do something with it? Asha has returned from her shower. A good ten peeks, minutes. Peeks over the banister, sees that she's still staring, and just grumbles. And, uh, <laughs> and so Val, you're kind of like floating in this doorway, and you're staring at it, and you just keep staring at it. And nothing seems to be happening, and you're still staring at it. And it's about that time at that ten minute mark that all of a sudden, bam! As the spell wears off, because it's only ten minutes, okay. and you hit the ground. And Val, you know, grunts. And as soon as she's about to say some kind of profanity, out comes the fire. He, you, okay, hang on. You have passed Fly, pass and you've already cast Fireball. You are out of third-level oh, okay. spells. Okay, you have no fine. more third-level spells. Okay. So Fly only lasts ten minutes? Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay, no, nothing's happening. Yeah, so, so you tried to, like, make maybe more fire appear, and none of, no fire appears. Um, but you are still tied to the banister of the bar and Asha as you've like maybe come down uh, the stairs and you just kind of see her laying on the floor and um, Asha is not gonna do anything she's gonna she sees that she has been attached to the post mm -hmm. and she figures she can't get any trouble in trouble anyhow if, in any trouble yeah uh, so Asha's gonna she's got her cloak with all the patches and she's gonna go outside and see what she can do about the horse. She's not gonna say anything. She's gonna she's go gonna outside. Go. She's going okay. outside. <laughs> okay, uh, so do you want to go outside and you want to summon the horse? Yes. Okay, so you go outside, Asha, and you uh, you pull off the patch that you know has the horse on it, and mm -hmm. you summon this other horse. And uh, it's a, a large... <laughs> It looks exactly the same. Like, it, it's a nice, uh, I think at least that it was a nice brown color. It's got, like, a black mane and everything like that. Um, it does have, like, a saddle and everything on it already. It's got two saddlebags. Um, and he kind of, like, looks at you and uh, kind of, like, nudges against your hand and everything like that. And um, I believe you called this horse, what was it, Valkaria's Bane? Yes. Yes. And So, uh, so he's just going to be Bane. Yeah, so Bane is, you know, he kind of like stomps a little bit in the in the snow and he kind of Nemesis. looks at you. I'm sorry, it was Nemesis. That's right. Nemesis, Nemesis? okay. Yeah. Valkari is Nemesis. Um, and so Nemesis just kind of like snorts at you and kind of like uh, stomps in the ground a little bit, but seems pretty happy and content, all things considered. There's, uh, the saddlebags are like a good size. You could fit a whole goosington in there in either one. Um, and uh, yeah, so uh, is there anything specific you'd like to do with the horse? Um, Asha has stolen some, uh, an apple from the plates sure, of food. Sure, yeah, there's, and, like, fruit and, like, and stuff hanging mm -hmm. around the tavern and bowls and things like that. Yeah, so she, so I guess not stolen, but procured an apple yeah. for the horsey. And gives it to the horsey. Oh, sorry, it starts to make friends. And sure. she's gonna half-heartedly be like, just don't kick Val again. I know it's tempting. Don't make, do it. make me an animal handling check. Sure. Uh, 19 plus 3, so 22. So All not, right. No. The, the horse, like, seems almost like he understands you. 
And he just kind of like snorts a little bit and kind of like nudges up against you as you know he wants more of the apple and and, uh, and he seems like he seems calm and he seems good. Um, I will say you don't have horses in the underdark, but you do have animals that are like kind of similar. Like you have like oxen that are like not oxen, but they're like underdark versions. And there's a couple, mm-hmm. but not a lot of um, like pack animals that can be ridden that are usually yeah. used to like move like building supplies and things like that. And so the rideable animals are not unknown in the city. They're not super common, but you will have, will have seen them. So the question is, does Asha know how to ride a pack animal of some sort? I'm going to say yes, because just, you know, she's, um, you know, the family might have some, you know, and then of course she'd always be very curious about animals. Sure, um, like, because the, the Kell Tower can have, like, carts and things like that that they would mm-hmm. use to carry medical supplies around, and those would be pulled by, like, some some of those kinds of animals and stuff like that. So you might not be an expert, but mm-hmm. you're familiar enough with the process that you're not just going to look at this animal and be like, how does this work? <laughs> like, how do I sit <laughs> on this horse? So you might, yeah. you know, like, you're... You would know, like, after, if you're going to ride for, like, a few hours, let alone days, you're going to be pretty sore. But you think you could do it without absolutely just falling on your ass. So. Yes. Yes. She's confident enough, but yeah. also respectful enough of the horse. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's about that time that you see coming from down the street with, like, these two really large bags, like, over her shoulders. And then, like, one kind of, like, hanging off of, like, the side. Uh is Jazara, and she's got, like, supplies and things with her, and she walks up to you, and uh, she kind of, like, puts them down uh, beside you. She says, so, uh, how's Nemesis? Hmm. He's a good boy. And she's, you know, scratching his chin, and... Mm -hmm. And the horse loves you, like, just nuzzling against (laughs) you and all that. The horse really seems (laughs) to be cool with you, and, uh... Uh, Jazara kind of like lifts up one of her giant bags and she says, I got supplies for the trip. We might... Good, good. I don't, don't know exactly how far uh, it'll take us or how long it'll take us. I imagine it'll depend on the weather but at the time we get to better territory. But it should at least get us through the snow. By the time we get out of the north itself, we might have to start looking for some other things, but if we carry many more supplies with us, I don't even think three horses will manage. And no. We don't want to risk anything going bad by the time we get there. Exactly, exactly. So, um, and, and Asha will say, she's still tied up in there, but good. I wasn't quite ready to do... <laughs> At least she's not floating in space. She might meet the Moonweaver before you do. <laughs> it's very possible. Um, <laughs> so do we want to go get her... Uh, like, get her untied or do we want do you think she'd want to pick her own horse what do you think <laughs> uh well elro is bringing us the horses from what i understand oh, or at least okay. bringing us to somebody who can give us horses um we definitely need to go get valkaria and i figured and she kind of like uh does our gestures to the bags which there are three and she says we kind of divide these between us uh, so we all have some supplies. We'll have to leave at least one bag open for Sir Goosington. And uh, it's about that point that, like, the door to the tavern opens and Sir Goosey head pops out. Meh. You know, like, he's kind of curious. 
And, uh, and Jazara's like, come on, Goosey, let's get you all settled in before we leave for the day. And Goosey kind of like very delicately steps on the snow and he doesn't like snow on his little feetsies. So he kind of like waddles a little quickly over and he climbs up on one of the bags and he sits on it. And he's like, mm, I don't like it. <laughs> uh, and Jazara says, I'll be right back. I'm going to go fetch Valkaria. And she walks back into the tavern. Uh, Val, are you still laying on the floor, dear? Val is, uh, she's sitting on her, she's sitting on the ground, on her butt, and, you know, knees up to her chest, mm-hmm. and she's just glaring at the stove. Okay. Uh, Jazara is going to walk over to the bar and untie the rope from that end, and she's gonna start, like, you know, reeling it in and stuff like that as she approaches you, and she kind of, like, stops right behind you, and she says, so, well, you didn't fly into space, and now you have a grudge against the kitchen? Trying to summon fire. It's not working. Is, okay, do you have (laughs) summon fire spells? I think I have fireball. <sighs> okay. <laughs> Great. Great. No more fire for you. No, nope. you're gonna use fire, you're not gonna do it in a wooden building. And Zara still holding the rope, which is still tied to your ankle, does turn around and start walking out of the tavern, dragging you with her. <laughs> and you can make- That was not resisting. I was gonna say, you can make a contested strength uh, if you want. Val's um, no, not resisting. If she's not resisting, then uh, Jazara's 14. She drags you, like, towards yep. the door. And uh, you just stare at that oven, like, the whole time. <laughs> and, drop, drop and the barkeep, like, waves at you, and he says, be careful, my dear. And uh, as you pass, like, he kind of slips you a bottle of whiskey. You know, like, he gets you <laughs> as you go. And uh, maybe you, like, tuck it so, like, nobody sees you, but uh, he gives oh, you a Val smiles, tucks it, and then immediately just stands up. Oh, you're being dragged out the door. So you're gonna have to fight Jazara to get onto your Okay, then fine. She's just gonna, you know, hide it away. Yeah. So, uh, Jazara pulls you out into the snow, and once you get out into the doors, like, she stops, and, uh, she kind of pulls the rope so your leg goes in the air and unties the, the rope and puts it back in her bag. And, um, as you're getting to your feet, you see Elro coming from down, uh, in a different direction from down the street, and he has the reins of two horses. And one of them is kind of like a, uh, dappled, uh, gray and black, and the other one is solid black, and, uh, they, he approaches with these mm. these two horses. They both have saddles. They both have bags. Um, their saddles and bags aren't quite as nice as the one uh, that Asha can summon from wherever she summons them from. Uh, but uh, he does present you both with these two uh, horses. Val walks up to both of them mm-hmm. and just stares at them and asks, which one of you is not going to kick me? I want you to make me two animal handling rolls. The first one will be for the black horse, the other one will be for the dapple, the gray, and black horse. 17. Okay. Five. <laughs> so the, the pure, like, black horse, and he's got, like, a really, she, she has a really nice, like, mane and everything like that, and, uh, like, the front strands are kind of, like, braided together, and she kind of walks up to you, and she kind of, like, puts her face in your face, and she kind of, like, nudges you a little. The uh, dappled gray and black one just kind of looks at you and then And just... does the stompy kick with the back legs. 
it, it just kind of like stomps <laughs> the ground a little and if it it like kind of like turns uh, their whole body like they're they have reins and so she can't like totally turn around but if she could you think she would put her butt in her face <laughs> she's trying to not make eye contact is what she's doing right, yeah. Val is gonna be like okay not you're my horse okay and Jazara they have names um Elro kind of smiles and uh and he says well at least one of them seems to like you my dear uh <laughs> And he points at the uh, horse that Valkari has, the black one, and he says, this one is Midnight, and this one is Mist. Val's gonna pat, you know, well, she's gonna very, not pat, she's going to gently put her hand on mm-hmm. on, on, the, on the snout and be like, because she has no idea how to pet these things. Yeah. She's gonna be like, Midnight. He's nice like, good horsey. Nice nice horsey. Please be good horsey. <laughs> Please be nice to me. <laughs> the horse the horse seems fine with it. Now here's yeah. the question for Valkaria. Does Valkaria know how to ride an animal? <clears throat> I would say yes, because as the heir of the syndicate, she would have to know how to do everything. She would have animal riding lessons. She would have some sword lesson, you know, like fighting lesson yeah. on the law, but they do. Yeah, she would so know. Your, your mother is probably responsible for the writing lessons as there's every, like, so many years, there's some kind of, like, large, like, display and parade that happens in yeah. the city. And which requires your family to, like, ride on some animals, like, in the front and all that. So your yep. mother, like, made you have... And, like, your writing capabilities are not necessarily long distance or travel. It's prim, proper, like, how yeah. to ride for show, basically. So... But probably what people ride. don't know, though, mm-hmm. is that Val's dad takes her out on runs that her mom doesn't know about. But that's still gonna be a short-term kind of thing. Yeah, because the city's not that big, but, like, she knows how to do more than just prim and proper, so... Yeah. the His style of writing is the... Like, it's very formal. Um, so your... Most of your experience on the horse is, like, very stiff posture. Yeah. Kind of, and, and like, very, like, if you watched, like, a show, like, for horses here, like, you watch, like, jumping There's competitions one. and stuff yeah, like that. Very... It's all very formal, and, like, yeah. even the, that more informal kind of situation, it's still, it's a lot different than perhaps Asha's yeah. style of riding, which is, like, delivery and stuff like that. Um, Jazara also knows how to ride. She, it's part of her training for being in the guard. Um, because they do sometimes bring, like, the pack animals with them to the service for uh, trips that are taking like a couple of days and stuff like that, and uh, which isn't very often, but it does happen. So she does have training. Her training is like distance, real writing situation. Asha's is for delivery and like city travel, and yours is more in the uh, show. formal show area. So mm-hmm. it's all different types of knowing how to ride. Um, you're all none of you do it very often, um, so you're all going to be sore. You do know yeah. that, oh, but um, oh, yeah. uh, but you can have the a base ability to ride. Um, as uh, like Elro has brought these horses, Jazara is going to start uh, passing out each of you a bag of the supplies and tells you to like start unpacking it, loading it into the saddlebags and things like that. And she's loading her stuff into her, her horse's bags. She looks at Elro and she says, uh, "Is there a way we can read?" Burst you! I don't imagine these were free by any means. 
And you do see him, like, kind of hesitate at that, and, like, you do kind of get the sense these did cost him money. And mm-hmm. uh, he kind of hesitates, and he says, ah, I mean, it's... Elro, don't lie. Mm-mm. We'll say this. How about you pay for half, and uh, the other half is a gift from me, personally. And Jazara, and he says, if half, then 120 gold. Jazz, give him 240. And uh, Zara, <laughs> if you want her to, she'll reach into her uh, section of the uh, gold that you guys have had, and she will give him, and do you want her to give him 240? Yeah. Okay. So Jazara will give Elro 240. He's like, I don't need that much. And she kind of like pushes it on him, and she says, <laughs> you've done more than enough for us all. Thank you. And he, he kind of stops, and he, and he nods, and he says, Hi. You, you all have a swift and safe journey. You will be missed here. But if you ever make your way back in this direction again, know that you are always welcome in Pale Bank. We'll make sure to stop by on our way home. I, I'm looking forward to it, my dears. We'll, we'll miss you too, Elro. And thank you for everything. He nods and uh, like he smiles at you guys and uh, and the barkeep kind of comes out behind him and all that and he's like, hey, you were a riot and a half. I'm so glad you were here. <laughs> and he kind of like walks up and he like and he uh, kind of like shakes all of your hands and it's about that moment when you hear like a little jingling noise and out bursting out from the front of the tavern is uh, honor and magic and they're like wait. Wait! Don't leave yet! Don't leave yet! Don't leave yet! And they surround Valkaria, and they like one of them is like each is hugging onto one of your other legs, and uh, <laughs> Urban and Benedict come come out as well, and they're a little slower to do so as they're still recovering. But uh, uh, Irving says, "We couldn't let you leave without saying goodbye. It was such an honor to meet you all. You have done more for our family than we can ever repay you for." Val's gonna lean down over over midnight while she's sitting on him and tells both the girls if you ever find yourselves in the nameless city you ask for me and I will get you the best tour of the city yay <laughs> tour 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 and they just kind of like dance around a little bit and they're like we'll miss you you come back right I will come back we will all come back okay we'll see you when you come back be extra careful okay cause like my dad was telling me that there's all kinds of things where you're going. Be safe. We will. Don't worry. Promise? We will. I promise. She reaches out her pinky for you to make a pinky promise. And then Val brings out both her hands with her pinky. She's like, I promise you both. And they Be both safe. make pinky promises mm. to you. Extra, extra safe. Extra, extra safe. With an extra sprinkle. <laughs> and uh, Irvin and Fenting, you know, like they, they're smiling at you. And they, and they walk over to uh, Asha. They both do. And they reach out, you know, to shake Asha's hands. And, and she pass uh, that and hug <laughs> Yeah, and they, they give you a big hug, and, you know, they do the same with Jazara. And uh, they say, we can never truly repay you for all that you've done, but should you ever need a, any help that we can provide, please don't hesitate to ask. Absolutely. See you in the future. <laughs> and uh, which one of you would like to carry Sir Goosington? Like, he's in one of your satchels. You want him? Val. Yeah. Okay. So Sir Goosington's nestled in. He's got a blanket wrapped around him and all that. And uh, 
He's got a little, he has a fish that the barkeep gave him, and he's kind of like got it in his mouth. His head is poking out of the saddlebag, but the saddlebag is closed so that he can't get out. Um, but he's got his head sticking out with a fish, and your other saddlebag is like laden with some of the supplies and stuff like that. Um, and uh, he's so, Sir Gusington's good. He's got his head out there, and uh, uh, before you leave, Elro says, you should head due south first try to stay away from any of the rivers at the time. If you drift too far to the west, there is a frozen lake, and you might not be able to tell that it's there until you're in it, uh, as the snow does pile on top of it, and it can get weak at some points, especially as the weather starts to, to uh, change at this time of year. And uh, uh, he kind of, like, gestures, and he's giving, like, a little bit of, like, extra, like, last-minute, like, advice and things like that, and he says... If you see any winter wolves, try to avoid them. You'll notice their tracks right away. They're much larger than bigger wolves, and they're much smarter as well. And he just starts blabbing, like, all of this, like, an information dump as he's kind of worried for you all. And, it, like, as he keeps going, and he keeps going, and then he keeps going, and then Jazara kind of puts her hand on his shoulder, and she says, Elro, thank you. We will see you all as soon as we can. We hope to be back this way soon, because the sooner we come back, the sooner we get to go home. And he kind of nods. And he says, best of luck, swift travels to all of you. And with that, you guys, it's probably about a, a probably about 10-ish at this point. And as you do that, Jazara is definitely going to, to, like, people are watching you guys as you leave town and, like, people wave and, like, give some cheers and stuff like that as you, as you guys go out. And uh, Val, you're probably writing in the middle and uh, Asha on the left and Jazara on the right and uh, Sir Goosington sticking his head out, just kind of like as he looks at the people that are waving, he just kind of gets this regal look on his face, and he's just like, "Yes, this is my due." As I leave, <laughs> and uh, you guys leave the the town. You've got a whole day, and in all honesty, several weeks of travel ahead of you. Um, from here, I will make some of the northern travel a little quicker. Um, I'm going to start by showing you this map real quick. So, you guys, um, you can see on the map here, um, where the white area ends, that's where the snow is going to end, and then it's going to turn into, like, grass and some forest land and stuff like that. It's going to take you about two, maybe three weeks to travel through all of that. For the most part, I'm going to skip over. Okay. It's not super interesting. It's traveling through snow, traveling through ice, and stuff like that. Um, I'm going to assume that uh, at night, when you guys can be tie up the horses, um, in fact, Asha, you might put your horse back in the extra dimensional space just to keep them safe. And, back in uh, your coat, yeah. Um, the other two horses, like, you guys tie up and stuff like that. And I'm going to make the assumption, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, that every night, Asha casts Liamon's tiny hut. I was going to say, about. she's going to bust that shit out real hard. Now <laughs> she, got it. she, you know, everybody deserves a warm uh, tent. As much as possible, and it will greatly improve the um, the mood, the mood, mm -hmm. the group's um, uh, quality of life, all that jazz. She's absolutely there, down for it. So you have Liamon's tiny hut, and what it does is it casts a ten foot uh, dome that you mm -hmm. create, and it is uh, you can guys on the inside of it can see out, but people cannot see in. 
you can choose whether or not like how well it blends in and like if it's a color or something like that too. Can I do like one of those cool mirror effects like in the Avengers so it like kind of reflects so like you don't really see anything? (laughs) Sure like you you can make it like hard to see that way um so it'll keep the like air can like flow through it you know so you guys don't just suffocate into it um oh yeah (laughs) that would be be good that would be ideal we're gonna have some skylights or something (laughs) yeah you guys can um move through it in and out of it freely like you're not stuck in it uh it's 10 feet as like as a whole so it's well it's a 10 foot radius so you do have space in it so you've got 10 uh which is nice do you want the horses to be in that dome or do you want them just like tied to a tree i would say in just so like if we're trying to be hide yeah if you're trying to hide mm-hmm. then yeah, two random horses out there yeah. yeah and so they don't have to be out in the snow any longer okay they need to, even so it's gonna be a fun smell <laughs> that so uh Val's they can move out of it too so if you guys want to like put like, if you put the dome so it partially encompasses maybe part of a tree, you could tie them with a loose long rope to the tree so they could move about a little if you wanted to do sure. that. Um, yeah. So they could come and go, but they couldn't go super far, basically. Um, and uh, the dome will keep, like, the harsh weather off of you. It keeps the rain off of you. It keeps the snow off of you. It's still kind of, um, I mean, it, it's there and it's very helpful. And uh, it, the ground will still have snow on it, so you guys will have to like spend some time every night, like clearing some snow out to make it easier for you yourselves. Every um, morning, Val tries to cast fireball so you can melt it. <laughs> no, you don't need to. Like once the next day rolls around, you can melt it before you guys go to sleep, and you can okay. melt it around that, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, there might be one or two occasions we have to stop in the middle of the day and maybe cast it as like a blizzard rolls through or a lot of snow or maybe even some like sleet and stuff comes down so there might be a couple times where you're delayed in travel because you have the ability to cast it twice a day and it lasts eight hours each time so there might be a couple instances here and there throughout your travel time that maybe you have to cast it more than once because you guys have to stop in the day or something like that mm-hmm. but overall you you see some like wildlife here and there nothing threatening Maybe you get into a couple of skirmishes with like a wolf here that tries to track you, or um, gets a little too close. Yeah, yeah, gets a little too close and things like that. You guys get into some minor skirmishes, nothing that you guys really can't handle um, as you travel. You're very sore, especially the first few days. Um, your uh, bathing situations are a little uh, unpleasant in some ways, though. With uh, prestidigitation and stuff like that, Valkaria can help like clean the worst of it off. Though by the time a couple of weeks in, you guys just really rooting for a bath. Just like a yep. real bath. So, uh, you guys do travel for quite some time and, uh, as like, you can tell the weather's starting to get better the further south that you guys get. You start seeing less, like, large swaths of snow and then it's like snow and rock and then it's a lot of rock and it's a little <laughs> bit better. It's a little bit better because there's rocks now. <laughs> you, can tell you're you can tell, like, you're moving further like south not just like down the continent but like maybe out of like some more mountainy areas and uh, as you kind of like come down some smaller like mountains uh, on this on some of these paths and you do spend a lot of time making sure you're trying to go in the right direction like that's something Jazara does every morning 
is she does a lot of like studying and making sure that you guys are going the right way, trying to keep you guys from being lost and stuff like that. Um, but after a couple of weeks of travel, you guys start to see the uh, the rocks and the mountain areas give way to like flatter and flatter land, and you start to come across more and more greenery. And it's the trees come and they like they start to get bigger, they start to get greener. It's nice. You uh, start to come across these really nice cows. You guys are uh, you move around and uh, you you see like like green hills and things like that, and you're starting to see for the very first time grass. Mm -hmm. Grass is a bit of a new experience for you guys. It's a little strange. Um, Let me start into music while I'm waiting. Say something? No. No, it's a baby. Oh. Oh. <laughs> she looks like one of those little toys at the mall. Like the ones that go over themselves with the ball? Yeah, the exactly. Little tail, like yeah. a little ferret or something <laughs> attached to the ball. Yeah, that's what it looks like. What? Oh my god. You want to say hello? Oh my god. Come here. Say hello. Oh, 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 she's so cute. Don't uh, be surprised if she makes an appearance on my desk at some point. Yeah, I will only be pleased when she does. <laughs> oh, she's so playful and wild. <laughs> well, that's um, good. Little healthy. tornado. Little tornado. She lives up to her name. Um, so you guys are starting to see grass for the very first time. And uh, you see larger trees are, are around. And just it kind of turns in. From rocky areas to just rolling fields. And it's very beautiful. Like, it's very, very beautiful. And uh, it is a bit of surprise as the road turns from like harsh rock into like a smoother worn trail. And uh, yeah, as you guys have like come into like this first really green area, what do you think? You don't see the cows, by the way. <laughs> I know there's cows in the picture, but you don't see cows yet, so. No cows for you. Not yet. So, what do you guys think of your first experience with like this green, lush area? And it is just green in every direction that you can see. Val's first comment is, "Well, I'm glad it's not snow everywhere on this surface." It's. Uh, I guess we exchanged a lot of white for a lot of green. And like Val notices, like the horse. Because like, I guess like. Like, she's noticed the horses like stop and eat grass here and yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Like Val is of course curious, so she jumps down. Okay. You guys can like stop and pull over if you want. Yeah. 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 Val's gonna stop and like you know jump off the horse or get off the mm-hmm. horse and like stretch because we are sore. Yeah, like a little bit of a midday break because when the yeah. sun's right overhead, yeah. it's a little too hot. Find and a little about shady a week. Prior, like Sir Goosington disappeared and he's been gone for a little while, so he's not here at the moment. Um, but you guys do stop and like take a break and start to stretch, and like it's kind of like a weird experience, but it's like the first time you're touching grass. Mm-hmm. And because Val has noticed the horses eating it, she's like, she just picks one and like tries to eat it. And she's like, Jazara kind of leans against her horse, she said, No, no, let her try. I want to see what happens. <laughs> just she takes a blade of grass and she goes, I'd <laughs> He's going to 
Not so. like green food. She looks at her horse midnight and just goes, Why do you guys eat this stuff? And he just munches. They're herbivores. <laughs> and he, he, he continues to eat and like wander off a few paces as they as they take a break and they eat. And uh, you guys uh, kind of like just experience like this weird sensation of just being able to see really far in a couple of different directions. There's some like hills and stuff like that and big, big trees, different than the ones you'd seen in the north. These ones aren't pine trees. These have large like normal leaves on them and they're very pretty. And there's a really nice breeze that kind of like comes through. It's very pleasant. The, the weather is kind of like, it's a little on the cool side, but it's still much warmer than the weather you guys have experienced in the last few days. The sky is very blue. There's white fluffy clouds going by. It's very nice. Asha has, you know, uh, started to notice a little bit of the sun effects because she's got the red hair and the fair skin and, she, uh, <laughs> and her vampire heritage. And she's... Um, developed a, a way of coping with that she's planning on buying a, a broad brimmed hat as soon as possible but for now she's developed a little Jackie Kennedy thing <laughs> a, little, a little scarf action that comes down okay and, um, she's she's liking this but she also realizes that there is a need to uh <laughs> that's fair that's not really affecting your two purple friends at the moment so yeah <laughs> two purple friends the, yeah the, the melanin less one uh yeah maybe it needs is a, it melanin that makes you purple i don't know <laughs> i mean I, maybe I, uh, sure we'll go with that i don't fucking know all right we'll go the, with it we'll uh, go. but uh the the, the dampier is um uh, she do struggle mm -hmm. so you just see her you know throughout the day kind of pull that scarf down that's like <laughs> yeah <laughs> maybe the head kind of droops a little to keep the sun out of her face yeah, um, the uh, maybe a nice parasol would do Asha really well. Yeah. So. <laughs> but yeah, she, no, she is. She has uh, plans for a hat whenever mm. she absolutely can get her hands on one. <laughs> yeah. So is there anything? Val, yeah, go ahead. Obviously, Val is going to just lay on the grass yeah. and stare up at the sky and like, again, she's never felt grass before, and she, mm -hmm. it kind of tickles her. Yeah. So it's like she's kind of squirming on the grass, trying to find a comfy spot, and it's just not working. Mm -hmm. And then she rolls over onto her stomach, and that's not working either because now it's in her face and up her nose. <laughs> and then she rolls over to her back again, and she's like, "No, no, no." <laughs> I think Jazara no. will sit down like next to you. She won't lay down, but she'll sit and kind of like prop her hands behind her, and she's like, "It's not bad. This at least this part of the surface. The rest of it's anything like this. It might be something I could get used to." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, as, like. yeah, as you roll around, Valkaria, uh, Jazara kind of leans over. It's like, why is there green on your cloak now? As you've gotten green stains on yourself. And Val's really like, no! looking at your cloak like... Yeah, and you have oh. grass stains. It's like, this stuff can... This stuff is dye? Not they... very pretty. A, not a pretty dye. No. Did they dye their nature up here? That's kind of weird. Yeah, it explains why it's all green. I don't like it. <laughs> you don't like the grass. Jazara's gonna take a handful of grass and like throw it at you. <laughs> <laughs> right in the face. I like it. Val's just gonna glare. It's like <sighs> you guys kind of um, for. <laughs> break for lunch, you know, and you eat some of the food. Your food stores are starting to like dwindle down a little bit, and uh, 
you, you're starting to like ration a little harder than you were before and you maybe have like a week's worth left of food or so um and uh how you far guys, south are we you're just into the uh we're like just the getting out of the ice yeah you're okay. just like you that day you've encountered grass for like the first time um and uh according to the map you guys have a little ways to go before you encounter a town or anything like that um so you do get the feeling that you're gonna probably have to start foraging for foods and stuff like that maybe doing a bit of hunting mm-hmm. on jazara's end um but you've got maybe about a week's or so worth of food stores left um but yeah you guys break for lunch and just kind of enjoy the the grass and you're and is there anything specific you want to do in this moment um, I'm gonna say, uh, do I see anything like that looks like maybe berries or things like this? You can give Asha me a perception want... Okay, yeah. let's do that. Uh, it's an eleven. Okay. Yeah, it's a bear. That's sad. Hmm. You kind of look around, and uh, there's there's trees and there's bushes and all kinds of things. You do you spend a little bit of time trying to inspect them and trying to figure out what they are, but you can't quite find anything that looks like it has anything edible on it. Um, mm. And uh, maybe over the next couple of days, you guys take the time when you take your breaks, mm-hmm. or even in the evenings, you spend a little bit of time trying to forage for things. Um, so why don't we do this? Why don't we have everyone roll a perception check to search for something that looks edible? Okay. So I can roll again? Yes. Okay. Okay. all got a nat one. She doesn't see shit. Just got a three. So the fuck did I? She's <laughs> <laughs> already I mean, got it's... a three, so she not We're even fucked. Yeah. So uh, apparently this is not. Uh, this is grass only here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Some um... flames are out here. Uh, but you, I so mean... you guys spend the next Jesus. couple of days as you're looking, and you don't really find anything you think might be edible. You haven't really come across any like berries or fruits or anything. And you, you're starting to get a little worried, just like the food stores are the dwindling down um on about the fourth Question. day of your yeah go ahead now i i know we don't see the cows in this picture mm-hmm. but there is a stream is there fish that's uh you haven't seen the stream yet and that was actually oh. the next words out of my mouth oh uh, i'm sorry on day four <laughs> you cut you see the beginnings of what seems like a very winding stream kind of come through it's pretty shallow but you might uh pause and take a chance to use this as a chance to water your horses and uh, take a moment to just enjoy some fresh, clean water that you haven't been melting out of snow instead. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so you guys come across the stream. It's not super deep. It's maybe um, it's maybe a couple inches above your ankle. So it's not super mm-hmm. deep, but you do see it and it's very winding and meandering and it kind of like curves around in places that you can't see and things like that. But you come across mm-hmm. your first stream. Um, might take this opportunity to like really wash your face a little bit maybe even wash like a cloak or something like that and as much as you can it's not like mm-hmm. deep enough for bathing but it's enough for like to wet something and like kind of wipe yourselves off um mm-hmm. valkaria yes give me a perception check please 10 10 um you're sit- you're maybe sitting there filling water skin maybe you're cleaning something off but you're, sit- you're kind of crouched near like the edge of this river and uh, out of the corner of your eye you kind of like see something move and you turn your head and this very very large black and white creature has its face 
really close to your face as it takes a step past you and puts its head towards the water and starts <laughs> drinking out of it. And then there's another one that kind of comes up out of the other side, but this one's brown and it starts drinking out of it and they're very close to you. And as you look around, you start seeing some of these creatures, these strange, large creatures are starting to kind of come towards this river. And there's about 20 of them on between both sides of the river and they are surrounding you. Val is not going to move and she's gonna go, uh... J- J- Jazz and Jazara, who's on the other side of the cow to your left, is like, "Don't move! I don't know what they are. They might be mean." <laughs> okay, and um, Asha, and Asha's gonna kind of get up slowly. Okay, again, not to startle anything. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, make me an animal handling check, please. Yes, ma'am. Okay, that's a seven. I'm like, because the one's right next to it. Uh, so that's a ten. A ten. Mm-hmm. Um, as you kind of, like, stand up, you kind of maybe uh, didn't realize there was a cow quite so close to you, and you kind of, like, uh, back in and, like, kind of nudge into one, and it goes, and it kind of shuffles a little, and it kind of jostles you around. And uh, <laughs> as, it, as it kind of moves past you, and it kind of, like, moves you out of its way. Um, it moves. Give me a... Dexterity saving throw. Sure. This will be funny. A nine. A nine. Uh, As this large brown creature kind of like bumps into you, you kind of like lose your footing on a rock and you fall backwards and you just hear a splat as you land into a giant puddle of mud. Oh, thank, oh, thank you for letting it be mud and not no, a cow I wouldn't pie. do that to you. <laughs> I wouldn't do that to you. No, don't worry. Like, okay. Like, I want you to mud. want to play this game, not kill me through video. <laughs> no, thank you. Appreciate mm-hmm. it. Asha's still gonna sigh deeply. And, um, and, um. And you are just to... soaked in mud. Mm-hmm. Just, oh. Val. From where she's at, is just going to turn her head like again from the corner of her eye. You said she sees the cow, and now she's going to uh-huh. turn her head right to it and just look at it and be like, "Are you going to kick me?" It looks at you. Make me an animal handling check. Seventeen. Seventeen. It turns and you guys are staring eye to eye and just right in your face. It goes moo. <laughs> it's just in your face. Val blings. Just goes moo. And it kind of like waddles a little bit as it turns around and uh, make me a dexterity saving throw. Fifteen. Fifteen. It does like hit you like with its butt, uh, but you do manage to keep your footing because you haven't fully risen up yet. Yeah. And uh, (laughs) you do manage to like keep yourself from sprawling into the river and uh, as it kind of waddles away from you. And you see Jazara, who is now, like, in almost an identical pose on the other side of you. <laughs> and you can now, I know the cow has moved, make out uh, Asha in a giant puddle of mud at that point. <laughs> and more cows just kind of, like, trapes across the water and stuff like that. You do see a couple of, like, smaller cows kind of, like, off to the side around some of the, uh, some black and white cows. And there's a couple of baby ones that are kind of, like prancing around and a little unstably on feet and stuff like that. And uh, Jazara is very 
slowly going to get to her feet. And uh, your horses have kind of like wandered off about like 20 feet as they're eating grass, just not giving a damn that the cows are around. And uh, clearly the the horses are not afraid of them. (laughs) But what are they? They go move. That's all I know. Go move. The moves. Okay. Okay. Asha, y'all right? She throws a, a high sign and says, Sure! Yeah, hey, at least there's a stream you can pe- clean off of. Right, well, so she's she's risen to her feet. <laughs> and she's gonna go over to Nemesis and see if she can locate some dry pants. <laughs> and the horse is about 20 feet off. You are going to have to walk past several cows to do this. She's not so bothered by the cows because okay. she knows that it didn't really cause her to fall. So mm-hmm. she's gonna she's gonna kind of weave a wide berth between okay. them. So like, I'll have her you way, make but... me one animal handling check just as you walk, like because the horses are in the general direction of where the baby ones are too. Oh, okay. So, like, just make Please me a general not. animal handling check. Oh. 17 plus, so a not natural 20. <laughs> okay. Uh, the cows don't seem bothered by you. You kind of walk over to the horses. The horses seem very preoccupied, so every time you walk up to Nemesis, like, he keeps going. Like, he's not into He just keeps moving to eat more and more grass. So you're kind of having to, like, walk with him, because he will not stop. And, uh... Bruh. Yeah, so you can hear, like, you open, like, the, the satchels and stuff like that, and you're trying to pull stuff out as he's just kind of moving along. And some of the cows kind of, like, walk closer to you. Some will get a little further away, but they don't seem bothered by you. While Asha's doing that, Val's gonna just slowly walk up to one and, like, go okay. right next to it. Just go... Moo? Make me an animal handling check. Cow continues 16. to chew cut. 16. Like, it... For the most part, it looks up at you and goes... Mah. And then it just starts eating more grass. Val's gonna, like, pet it. Okay. And you, you see, like, a couple other cows, like, kind of walk by, and one of them, like, a brown one, kind of, like, walks super close to you, and uh, as it does so, and it kind of looks at you, and just kind of stares at you, and it's just kind of stopped and stared at you, and then it's kind of reach over, and, like, it, like, it's sniffing maybe at your bag, and as it kind of, like, gets close to your bag, it just kind of chomps onto the edge of it, and starts trying to chew your bag. Hey, 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 hey! Moo! Moo! Move yeah, animal up. handling check. Seven. Seven. It goes, mm, and it like it pulls on your bag. Make me a dexterity saving throw. Thirteen. Thirteen. Uh, this cow backs up, pulling on your bag because it's trying to eat your bag. And as it does, it pulls you off your feet, and you go into your knees, and it's still walking off with your bag, <laughs> and you're still strapped into it, and it's kind of dragging you a bit through the grass and some mud in the process, and it's still trying to eat your bag. Just stop! That is not food! Jazara! And Jazara's cackling. <laughs> she's cackling. And she's, like, she's walking over to you. But she is cackling the whole time. She kind of, like, puts her hands out in front of her to, like, see if she can get the cow to, like, stop walking. Let's see how well she does. Her animal handling check. Okay, it's a 14. The cow comes to a stop, but it looks a little irritated about it as it's kind of looking at her and she's still chewing on the edge of your bag. You can get to your feet. You are covered in grass stains and mud from the knee down, just for the record. And uh, But it doesn't seem interested in letting go. 
Great, great. Now Just, I'm... Yeah. I'm Mutoy. Mutoy. And Jazara's uh, gonna try and, like, help you get, like, away from the, the cow, and maybe she's, like, helping you pull on the bag at this point, and, like, you're both trying to do it without angering this gigantic creature. So you guys are hanging around, like, a bunch of cows and stuff like that, and, like, uh, is trying so hard to, like, pull your bag from this cow, and if she, like, manages to yank it out, she kind of slips in the process, and she just kind of, like, lands on her ass. But your bag is saved, if not a little worn in a corner. She's like, what the hell are these things? <laughs> I don't know. And it's about that time that you hear a, hello, uh, excuse me, who are you? And, and you just see, like, three heads whip in the direction of the voice. It's just... Uh-huh. Yep, and you see a uh, an older man kind of dressed in, like, farmer's clothes as uh, he's making his way from uh, the other side of the river. And he kind of comes around. He's holding, like, a large bale of hay with him. And he kind of walks around to see you. But uh, this guy comes around, and he's holding, like, this large bale of hay. And uh, he's kind of, like, looking at you a little curiously. He's like... Is everything all right over there? Jazara, uh, it's up off the ground. She, she kind of like, wait. Hello. Uh, what are these? <laughs> and he kind of like these? looks at her a little curiously, and he like he kind of stops me on the other side of the river a bit and says, "The these the cows, cows, cows." cows. And he kind of looks at you all a little curiously, <laughs> but he also takes in like the state of the fact that. It's, you know, you guys are kind of dirty and covered in mud. It's like, did they did they do that? They and it like gestures to all of the mud. Yep. Yeah, they get a little curious with uh, with new people, and uh, they're not always very conscious of um, well manners. Basically, don't really know a lot about manners. <laughs> they tried uh, to eat my backpack. <laughs> I, I'm sorry about that. They they have an <laughs> appetite for some interesting stuff. Uh and uh, you, he kind of like he kind of inspecting you guys as he sees like a little bit of a worn bag and you're covered in mud and and you hear a, Papa, Papa, and a little girl maybe about ten, blonde hair, little pigtails comes running up to him. It's like, who are you talking to, Papa? Are these um, humans? That was yeah. my question. Okay. Yeah, these are two humans. Um, he is uh, an older man. He's got uh, like dirty blonde hair. He's wearing like a tunic <coughs> and uh, it's a little worn. Uh, there's mud on his boots and everything. He definitely looks like he works in some farm area. And his daughter's wearing a, a dress, and she's got little blonde pigtails, and she's carrying, like, a bucket, and he's got some hay with him. And, uh, so, you know, you guys, um, see these two people that come up, and, uh, he says, oh, well, it seems we have visitors, dear. Uh, and, uh, he, he says, I do believe the cows have not been treating them too, um, too kindly. Desire. At least they didn't kick me. Ah, they, yes, they, they didn't, they didn't do that, right? They, no. You're fine, okay. And, like, Val just looks at Asha. Yeah, Asha just shrugs. <laughs> mm-hmm. And pets them. <laughs> no. And, uh, he said, I, I am awfully sorry about all, all that. And, uh, they're, they're not, uh, not super polite creatures they never have been and uh, as he's saying that one of the cows has walked over to the hay that he's 
like carrying and starting to try and pull it and as he's pulling like hay pieces out of it to eat and he's you can see this man is kind of like trying to yank it and like still have a civil conversation with you guys but just like having to fight this cow a little bit for this bale of hay and and eventually he like manages to pull it up and like puts it on his shoulders like clearly they uh their mamas didn't raise them with any manners um Mm. i uh you're kind of in the middle of some farmland here uh and Tazara kind of like scratches her head. Just sorry about that. Um, we didn't uh, we didn't mean to intrude on in your land. And he's like, it's, it's all right. We get travelers coming through here once in a while. Um, I don't. The, the river's not super great for cleaning up and everything. But you you are in luck. I'm assuming you're traveling uh, here for the the festival anyway. So but you're not too far off. It's it's just down the way. The what? Uh, the the festival. I, I'm. <laughs> I, we can't uh, go during the day, of course, because we have, and he kind of like holds the bale of hay up, things to do, and, and the girl looks a little miffed at that, and she, and she's a, and he looks at her and says, but we'll be going tonight, it's fine, we're not missing much, and she's like, can you hear the Texas coming out while she's doing this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Only she accent drew- will ever hear me do. So, <laughs> she drew on her past. Yeah. Just like I'm putting forth the trauma for your entertainment, yay! Uh, but uh, the the little girl kind of like grumbles and she kind of like kicks the dirt a little bit. And, she's, and he says, "Don't worry, Holly. We'll get there when we get there, but we gotta finish up first. Mm-hmm. She kind of grumbles and she kind of like crosses her arms <laughs> a little bit. And you, this is clearly a, an argument they've had before. Mm-hmm. And uh, he says, "But yeah, you're uh, you're not too far off from the." Uh, the inn with the, the hot springs and all that. It's just down the way, maybe about another good 15 minutes or so from here. You just follow the, the river, lead you right to it. And uh, you can uh, get yourselves a nice place to clean up there, of course. Uh, I, the inn's pretty big, so I, they probably still have rooms at the very least. They could probably convince somebody to let you use a bath. But, uh... Val is now, you know, getting... She's gotten up and she's still dusting the, you know, mud and grass off of her. Mm-hmm. And she's like, what, pray tell, is this festival for? About? Uh, well, you know, we don't get a lot of festivals and things like that around here. So it's uh, a little bit of a new thing, but they're celebrating some kind of star thing or some shiny light thing or something like that. We don't really know. They didn't. We're super clear on all of it, but uh, we just know it's supposed to be a good time uh, for the next two days. So... You guys, uh, that is what you're traveling here for, isn't it? And Jazara kind of, like, before Valkyria can say anything, she kind of nudges her. It's like, yeah, we just, um, thought we might have gotten a little turned around. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna roll two things. Yeah. Roll, roll Jazara's deception and this guy's insight. Oh, Jazara gets a se- uh, 17, the guy only gets a 4. Um, and Lovers. with, yeah, with what she adds to it, like, that's, Bucky, don't, okay, you can roll if you want to roll, that's fine. <laughs> James. <laughs> he is now the keeper of my D20, so that's okay. good. Um, they're too big for him to eat, so I'm not worried. Uh, but uh, she kind of like nudges you and she's like, no. And she, she'll whisper to you Valkarian under comment and, and she'll say, probably not the best idea to tell people more information than they need. He seems harmless. Yeah. He feeds cows. Until five minutes ago, we didn't even know cows existed. So we so. can't use them as a, <laughs> as a 
let's just let's keep that kind let's of information. Yeah. Okay, let's go to the festival. And let's just keep that information like to ourselves for now, just just in case. And uh Jazara kinda looks up at him and, and, and she says, Um you said just follow the, the river to to get to the festival and he said, I I, I just uh maybe about fifteen, twenty minutes down the way. You'll uh you'll see it big, big and and all that. Many really big. Uh biggest building around for by far for quite a while, so you guys should uh, be able to get yourselves cleaned up and, and plenty of time to enjoy the festivities. And Jazar kind of nods and she's appreciate that. Thank you. And uh, she's kind of going to gesture Valkyrie and like, go get her to go get her horse. And um, she's going to start walking over as well. Um, Asha, are you still with uh, Nemesis? Uh, yeah, she kind of ducked behind him to uh, change before the farmer walked up. So she mm-hmm. kind of had cr- kind of slunk around now that she had <laughs> yeah. changed and um and even the pants over her the back of the horse yeah and, and even like the clothes you've changed there. into aren't aren't right? great so yeah. like because you have been dry. kind of like rotating them out and like because you've been cleaning them to the best of your ability between valkaria's like cantrip and the snow and it's it's not great but they're they're dry and they're not covered in mud uh which unfortunately <laughs> a lot of the made. things yeah, like a lot of the things you're wearing were, so, um, but, uh, is gonna walk towards you, and she says, I guess we can go check out a festival. At the very least, there's a bath in that direction. <laughs> and food. And, and supplies. And supplies. And she says, thank God, I'm not eating any of this grass. <laughs> Do not recommend. And, uh, is going to... Get back up on her horse. Are you guys gonna get on your horses and head out? Yeah, yeah. Oh, Val's yeah. gonna get on her horse, and she's gonna do something wrong mm-hmm. without realizing, and the horse is just gonna fucking take off on a dead run. Okay, you kind of like you ac- you get on the horse and you accidentally like kick it in the side a little bit, and it just starts <laughs> to gallop before you're fully prepared. And it just starts to run off. And this is Valkario's first lesson in how to ride a horse properly. Yeah, and you just kind of like are scrambling for the reins as you try to <laughs> grab it, and it's just taken off. And you, uh, Asha, you hear Jazara curse as she like takes off after Valkaria. And Asha's gonna nudge her horse into not really a full out run, but she's gonna she's gonna start moving behind. You know, a, a, yeah. not a gallop, but like you know, a trot. And you see that the farmer kind of like wave at you a little bit in curiosity, but uh, as he like waves at you, like a couple of the other cows kind of come towards him and start pulling at the hay. And he's like, all right, all right, all right. Naughty creatures, naughty. And uh, (laughs) he starts to feed them as you guys, as you guys head off a bit. And uh, it takes maybe 15, 20 minutes of uh, eventually like Val, your horse kind of like slows down because it gets tired of running and it just kind of like starts clippity-clopping its way around. And uh, you guys, as you're kind of like maybe talking to yourselves and everything, maybe a little bit making fun of Valkaria, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, you come around a ridge and uh, as you kind of like turn this corner following the river, you see the river starts to really widen. It's, it's gotten much bigger. It's continuously risen and gotten deeper as you guys have gotten closer. Um, to what you assume is an inn. And as you turn this corner, the river really widens out to maybe like 40 feet at this point, And you can't really tell how deep it is now. Um, and you turn and you see this like four story building in front of you. It's got, it's really large, like 
fence in front of it and it's the building itself extends four stories up but it has a large fenced area off to the left that kind of seems to come and uh, fence off over a branch off of the river and uh, it's really it's made out of stone at the base and wood in the upper levels and stuff like that but it's gorgeous it's huge and there are people everywhere you see people meandering all over the place coming in coming out there seems to be just a flurry of activity happening as you've come into this new space all kinds of people or yeah there's people with there's no there's um there's elves there's dwarves there's gnomes you see some tieflings you see uh you see all kinds of creatures so you guys have made your way towards this very large inn it's about four stories uh the entire first level looks like it's made of stone the upper levels are made out of like a um a really nice wood it's a very bright like aqua blue on the upper levels that's the wood with some nice pale wood accents and things like that there's a large fenced off area and from the area to the side you can see uh and these fences are at least maybe 10 plus feet high you can see steam coming out from the sides there's people milling about in absolutely every direction you have uh all kinds of people races you if you can name it that's what's here and there's uh carts everywhere people some people are unloading things and taking them into this inn some people seem to be taking them off further down um the trail that branches off to the right um you notice people walking back and forth but the people that have carts are have gigantic carts that are laden with goods and um what looks like large crates and boxes and fabrics and anything and anything and everything you can name under the sun and they're going back and forth between this inn and this area some people just like you start to see people coming up the path behind you and just bypass the inn altogether and are just going down this pathway and the inn is just packed with people and as it's bustling around um and in front of this large building and i will say for like visualization's sake it kind of looks like a slightly shorter blue version of the inn from spirited away okay Uh, (laughs) just for a bit of a visual there's balconies like on the upper levels that like seem to circle like the whole building um and yeah it's a beautiful very large building the largest building you've seen since you've been onto the surface it's bigger than the buyer's hut uh and everything like that and uh, it's it's pretty impressive and the sheer number of people is quite a surprise because there's mm-hmm. at least just milling about and going back and forth in front of this inn you've got to assume it's like a hundred people and uh the inn has it's two very large doors thrown wide open um but hanging above the doorway is a sign that reads wistful waters Uh, what do we want to do first? That's a good question. Um, well, you're dirty, she's dirty, I'm dirty, and that place looks like it has a bath. Should we go see if they have room for three more? It would be a good idea. Yeah, let's try there. So you guys start making your way up the stone pathway that leads into this inn. Uh, it has a very large, like, 
front porch area. And as you get closer, you start to smell what sound, you know, just like the really nice uh, smell of warm, steamed, almost um, like it, it, almost an aroma therapy style water that comes forth. It, it smells very clean and very fresh, but it, you kind of get like slight wafts of warmth coming off in the direction of the left where some of that steam you can see is rising mm-hmm. above the fences. And uh, you step into these doors and it's huge. It's a huge space. It's uh, really wide. The, the ceilings are very tall. There's people bustling about wearing like these blue uh, high collared uniforms and stuff like that. Some of them have trays. Some of them are like leading groups of people off down hallways. And there's tables and chairs, and you can see off in one side that what looks like a large dining space. And in dominated in the center front area is a huge desk behind which a couple of people stand behind um, in equally like the same blue uniforms. And uh, they seem to be, this seems to be where people are gathering as uh, there's a little bit of a line forming in front of this desk. I guess that's where we go to check in, if possible. Here's to hoping there's room. You guys left your horses uh, outside. There is There was like an area where you could tie them up. So you tied them up really fast you, uh, before you came in. And uh, as you're standing there, you kind of get in line behind a couple of people. You notice these blue like lanterns that have like this magical glow inside them are kind of bobbing around, floating on their own. Um, as they kind of like zip around some of them will you'll watch like hang go up to a rafter and then just clamp onto it and just hang and then look like a normal lantern some of them will just dart off in different directions as they follow like groups of people and things like that but they just bob on their own just kind of moving about they're pretty big they're maybe like a foot you know foot tall but they're uh, blue i had the image of the uh the flying uh letters throughout the ministry of magic just zipping Mm. through <laughs> That's valid. Illuminating cousins. They're illuminating cousins. Yes. You guys kind of get, like get into this line for the the queue, and it moves pretty quickly as people just keep being taken off in different directions and stuff like that. Um, and as you get to the front, there is a uh, human woman, a young human woman. She's got brown hair. It's kind of pulled over into a braid. She's wearing the blue uniform, and she has a little name tag on it that says Kelly. Kelly. Yeah, C-A-L-I-A. Kelly. And she kind of looks at you and goes, Hello! Welcome to the Wistful Waters. Are you here for the festival? Yes. Yes, yes we are. Well, welcome. I know we're late and last minute, but would there happen to be a room for three available? We have a bunch of different style of rooms here at the Wistful Waters. Um, We are quite the big inn, so we do have a few spaces left. Now, we have a couple of different style rooms here you can choose from. Now, our upper floors are kind of like a, almost like a communal space. There's beds and everything, but it is a little bit out in the open. Um, The top floor itself is for viewing, but the two uh, floors the second and third floor kind of like have communal spaces you can rent a bed basically it's not so much a room but we do have private rooms here on this floor and these private rooms come with uh the private access to the hot springs 
And so you can have one of those rooms. We do have two of them left as of right now. Um, the beds that are upstairs run about a gold a person. Um, you can pay an extra five silver for access to the communal hot springs in the back, uh, which is, of course, um, it is, just so you are aware, it is co-ed, so you would be there with, like, everybody. Um, but just, just so you are aware, the showers, of course, are open access uh, off to the left uh, in the back, just if you want to enjoy the hot springs we do ask that you shower first of course um, but in the private access hot springs those uh can run depending on the amenities that you get with it anywhere between uh five and ten gold a night but you do get your own access to your own bath and to your own hot springs is that we'll something take a room You'll take a with, room? With, okay. We'll take a private room. Yes, please. Sounds fantastic. So um, you can have the room that has the its own bathing area as well. The showers are attached to the outside. Um, or you can have one of the smaller rooms that you would still use the communal bathing space. Which would you prefer? Private bathing, please private okay mm -hmm. so that is going to and she counts it's like one mm -hmm. two so it'll be three of you and a goose and you turn around all three of you and sir goosington is sitting on the floor behind you and he goes Meh. welcome back goosey three of you and a goose and uh jazara kind of leans over and she says do you have a place for horses and uh the calia goes oh yes i horse we do have stable access that's off to the back and um that we take care of your horses now that'll be an uh and how many horses is that just three two <clears throat> well you, yours can just go back in its pouch oh, that's true so two two horses okay but maybe um, she'd like a, he'd like a rub down okay three three horses sure so <laughs> <laughs> That's perfectly fine. We have plenty of space. We actually have quite the large stable. Um, when your horses are there, they'll have access to food and water. We'll have people there that clean them and like give them uh, their exercise and take care of your stuff and all that. Um, so that is going to run for the three horses and then the room. On top. And do you know how long you're going to stay? The festival is for two days. It'll be tonight and then it ends tomorrow night. So that's up to you. Do you want a room for both mm -hmm. nights for any further than that? I defer to Jazz. Uh, How long are we going to be here, Jazz? Uh, the two nights mm -hmm. for now seem good the, the, for the festival. She's perfect. Okay. So for the horses and the room for the two nights, that is going to be 18 gold. <clears throat> okay. Asha's gonna dig around in her bag, pull some out, slap it down on the counter. There you Perfect. go. Perfect. Okay, so and then your rooms do come a complimentary breakfast, which you can uh, have it be delivered to you uh, oh, in the morning. Better. So you guys will have that. And she takes your 18 gold, so go ahead and Asha mark off 18 gold from your, mm -hmm. your gold. And uh, she says, perfect. Okay, so um, we will go ahead and take you over there. Perfect. And okay. we'll do, as we go, we'll show you around a little. And uh, she shows you, like, in the this back space, there's this really large dining hall that if you wanted to go to, they have lunches served there. There's the communal um, shower spaces off the side, but you guys won't really need that. So she kind of, like, glosses over that part. Um, and 
somebody does come and take your horses, like they unhook your horses and bring them back to the stables. And she leads you down the hall to your room. Because I made your room. Ooh, she made us a room. I made it. I'll have to publish this one later. It's the bottom one. And I texted it to you. Oh, you texted it? I texted it to you. Because it's not in the, the thing. So I oh, there it, it is. Cute! Look at the, the so space we have. So yeah, so it's the bottom space. She leads you to this wooden door after you go down a, a very luxurious wide hallway. It's got like fancy rugs and like couches and things. And there's people sitting around and milling about. There's a lot of excited energy in the air. And she leads you to this door and uh, she takes a little rune stone and she kind of presses it to the door. And you can see what looks like a little... Um, almost like a magic circle appears and it has like little runes inscribed in it and the rune glows and then so does the circle and then the door like pops open and she hands it to the yeah she hands you the rune and she says this will be your key to get into your room um we don't recommend that you lose it just because they are really hard to come by and we only have one extra and that one belongs to the house obviously so here's your space and she leads you into the room she's like there's if you guys need extra uh, beds or anything like that please let us know but there's three in this one for you and there's a large bookcase on one side it's got knickknacks and random books and things like that the uh, there's a very large bright blue plush rug in the center and the entire room itself is dominated by a very large table and it has really large blue and pink and like green um giant cushions that are circled around it there's a large tea kettle that's placed there and it seems to have like this little it's set on a little bit of a platter and there seems to be a blue fire or arcane magical fire mm -hmm. underneath it with an array of cups that are turned upside down next to it and she says we do have a selection of tea and she gestures to a menu that's sitting next to it all you have to do is tap the little arcane symbol next to the tea and then tap your little menu against the teapot and it will automatically fill for you of whichever flavor you've chosen there's a uh, couple of chairs very plush you know purple and red chairs around the room and at the very back space is these two large wooden double doors that lead out to a stone area and you can see what looks like a large water area beyond it and there's that's where your little private bathing area is it's got some rocks along the wall it's dominated on each side by really tall uh fencing and behind each door is like a little shower head and it has mm. like a little arcane circle embedded into it and the water will come down when you activate it and uh, so you can shower out there before you can get into the uh the actual private hot springs i <laughs> might have sobbed a little <laughs> <laughs> She says, of course, you're welcome to come and go as you please. It's a little late for breakfast because it's getting closer to like noonish. Um, and she says, but if you go just over to the festival, it's maybe a 15 minute walk down the road. No big deal. Um, you can go in. Uh, there's plenty of food stalls and everything already set up. I'm sure you guys will have a great time. Uh, if you need anything, you can obviously ask me. Um, I'm here. There's a lot of us that are work here um but you might also see one of the owners of course um which then that's uh Urug Wobble Tobble and his wife Nadia um they're 
gnomes. You might see them running around a little bit here and there. But uh, yeah, you just let us know if there's anything you need for the hot spring itself that you can ask uh, Dale for. He's a goblin. He comes around and he'll make sure everything's clean and set up for you as well. <laughs> Alrighty. Um, breakfast will be at about seven in the morning. Um, and let me tell you, uh, Kukaloo is an excellent cook. So you guys will enjoy whatever it is that you order. Alrighty. Toodles. And she Thank walks you. out the door and like closes it behind her. And she just kind of like happily like walks off. And you wobble guys are wobble? wobble tobble. Wobble tobble. Wobble tobble. Yeah. I will send you those names real quick. Toodles? Did she just say toodles? She did. Toodles. <laughs> There's showers. <sighs> Val immediately just. I know Asha is more of the cleaner one, but Val is just, oh, hot springs. It's hot. So she's just going to take off all her clothes, just run into the water. Uh, if you would like to try and just, like, jump into it, uh, Jazara will stop you because you are filthy. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, I will go shower first, and then I will jump into the hot water. Yes. And do what you want. If you, you can cannonball. I don't care. <laughs> If you leave the doors open, like they're very large doors, and on each side of those doors is where the showering area yeah, is. I see so them. The doors themselves act as um, like barriers, like privacy yeah. screens, so you guys can't see each other as you, because there's two showers, one mm -hmm. on each side of the doors. Um, and so you guys can, two of you can shower at once and have your own privacy. And then, so we know that she's going to mm -hmm. um, just run and confiscate one of them um but so asha's gonna look at jazz and be like you want to flip for it <laughs> sure i'll roll you for it roll okay. a d20 just drink okay that's a 19 oh i thought i did really well i got a 17 baby <laughs> <laughs> okay so asha gets the uh first round at the shower along with valkaria when you go into these showering areas into the stone Mm -hmm. There's a little shelf that's built into the stone, and there's an array of, like, soaps and oils and, like, all kinds of things, and they just smell really fragrant. There's from lavender to lemon to vanilla to citrus, and uh, there's a whole large array of, like, 10 or 15 different soaps and oils and things like She's that. She's about to turn this into an Herbal Essences commercial. <laughs> <laughs> While Asha is figuring out what to do, go for, you can already start smelling the lemon mm -hmm. that Val is using. Okay. Lots of it. Mm -hmm. Lots of it. I mean, the we don't have lemons in the Underdark, but she likes whatever the smell is, and she, okay. she, she wants it. And uh, while you guys do that, um, Jazara kind of walks around the room a little bit, kind of getting like the lay of the land, and she kind of looks at the, this little like tea menu and stuff like that, and just kind of like starting to read through it a little just just out of pure curiosity of just wondering what some of this kind of bizarre sounding stuff is mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and uh because like a lot of it you guys have like never heard of and stuff like that um so she is going to test one out and there's one which is from our team and you that we put out <laughs> um and it's called uh oriel which is O-O-Postrophe-R-E-L. And it's a deep floral oolong tea. 
uh, and it is especially made for people from the Ankarel deserts, if anybody is curious. But she taps that, and then she taps it against the um, the teapot, and immediately, like, steam starts to bubble out of the teapot, and uh, the space kind of becomes very, it smells like very floral, a very smell strong floral oolong tea is out, and she kind of, like, sniffs it a little bit and pours <laughs> herself just, just a little, and then she makes Goosington sniff it, and he kind of, like, and uh, so she takes one of the other cups and she like pours some of it for him and her. And by the time you guys are done like showering, if you come out, her and Goosey are just sipping tea, sitting at the table. All right. <laughs> then are we gonna, we've showered, but are we gonna go into the pool? I'm guessing. Oh, Val's already in there. Oh, you're already in there. I'm okay. I'm like, <laughs> you and just shower and jump into the jazz. Like, yo, yo, you are going to, you're up, girl. Okay. And then Jazara goes and she showers. And uh, there are, there's this kind of bin that's there. And uh, mm-hmm. it looks kind of like a laundry bin and having a little sign written in common. It says laundry services. Hmm. And so you guys can put your dirty clothes in there. Yeah. And uh, when once Val is done with her, like her, her spa gonna time, she's going to dump. Well, as soon as like. Clothes. Like, Jazara, before she gets in, will have pulled everybody's clothes and just pretty okay. much empties everyone's packs and starts throwing everything in it. Just, like, like absolutely. mother of an athlete, just, like, nope, nope, uh-huh. nope Yeah, nope. everything is filthy. She just throws it all in the bin. And uh, she, like, closes the lid. And as soon as she does, like, this little arcane symbol kind of appears on it, and it turns, like, red. And uh, she's just kind of like, okay. And then she goes and she showers and... Uh, Asha, did you also get into the hot springs? Yes, but not. I did not uh, cannonball into the hot spring. I, okay. You go I ahead. went in delicately. The water is just deliciously warm. All of the muscles mm. that you've had that have been so sore from riding those horses for so long just kind of starts to relax. The water smells so crisp and clean, and it's just so inviting. And as you just kind of like duck into the water... It's just, it's heaven. It's absolute mm-hmm. heaven. And Jazara, mm-hmm. as Val like slaps water at her. <laughs> and Asha is melting into a pile of goo, <laughs> so she just doesn't have the time or the energy to uh, address that. But it will come up. That's fair. <laughs> Very fair. Uh, Jazara finishes showering and everything like that, and she'll get into the hot springs with all of you and. Uh, she just kind of leans against the rocks and she's like, oh, this, I needed this. <laughs> we needed we this. To leave. <laughs> it's like, can we just, can we just make a new city? Like right here, just in this, this room right here. The city of three. The city of the, the hot spring city. Can we just, can we just do that now? <laughs> All you hear is bubbling from Val as, as agreement. She, I imagine she's sitting yeah, up to her eyeballs. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking, and just the edge of her tail peeking up too. <laughs> oh. just, Actually, this sounds really nice, and I'm really mad that that's not Because <laughs> I have a kink in my neck that's just like uh, my back hurts like so much in real life right now, and I'm just like, mm, it sounds oh. good. <laughs> this so. fantasy is only hurting my feelings, it's right? Funny. Yeah, honestly, so. But you guys spend a little while, probably a long little while in there, at least an hour or so. And then you hear like a little chime and Jazara kind of like leans out and she can, uh, gets up and she walks back into the room in response to the chime. And uh, Sir Go- Goosington, by the way, has taken up one of the pillows and has just curled himself in it 
and he's just mm-hmm. asleep. Um, the basket that you guys had put all the laundry in, the little arcane symbol went from red to green, and she opens it up, and all of oh. your laundry is in it clean and uh, neatly folded. Well, that was quick. And Asha's just so excited to see clean clothes. She just... Uh-huh. Just like, oh, thank goodness. And, like, Jazara starts putting, like, her stuff back on and everything. And uh, she kind of stretches. And she's like, well, this might be the best place on the surface. And we haven't even seen that much of it yet. I think so. I Hard agree. Full agree. This is the best <laughs> thing I've ever experienced in my life. If we ever come back to the surface, we must make a stop back here. Do we even know where he, what's the name of the town again? No it's clue. not a town. It's just the inn. No, I know, but if the town is it attached to a town though, nope. or no, nope, nope. just just in just a hot springs next to some cliffs and uh, a river, and cool. uh, Jazara kind of stretches and she what says, "What can go wrong here?" Yeah, right. Don't say that kind of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Not where the DM can hear you. Um, Jazara kind of stretches and she says. So do we want to go see what this festival is about? Sure. I'm in a much more agreeable mood now. All I, right. I, I hope they have good food. Well, the lady said they had food if we were hungry. So let's uh, let's go find out. Well, and so you, guys, so you guys make your way out of the, uh, out of the inn, uh, making sure to grab your little keystone with you. And uh, Sir Goosey kind of trots along behind you. And... Uh, Kind of, you know, he seems like he's good. He's got his little scarf on, you know, he's got his little bag and all that. You guys make your way out of the end. There's still just as many people as there were before coming in and out mm-hmm. as they kind of like traipse around. And um, you guys walk out and you start following the path and you see carts laden with goods and people walking and some are families. Some look like they're merchants and everybody is just in really high spirits as they're so excited and they're walking towards this uh, area. Let me... So you guys start walking into this area, and as you get closer, you start seeing um, what looks like in the distance, like uh, stalls and large tents and things like that, and people are milling about. A huge crowd of people uh, is clearly like in this space in front of you. It looks like the Ren Fair. <laughs> it is the Ren Fair. <laughs> it's a little bit like a Ren Fair, yeah. So you guys walk into this large space. It's covered in tents and people, and there's people just of all shapes sizes races like whatever is milling about everywhere and standing at the very front of this entrance there's like a large dragon head a fake very obviously a fake one but a large dragon head has been put um to cross part of the river that seems to just wind quite a bit and this seems to be like one of the little offshoots of it so it's only about 10 feet across there's a little bridge and over it is this large fake dragon's head and it has like little fire coming out of like its nostrils and stuff like that and standing in front of it is what looks like a jester and he seems to be standing just to the side however um he's done up in reds deep deep reds blacks and it outlines uh, a lot in like golden filigree he wears a jester style hat with four strands hang down from it each with a large silver bell attached to the end which gives off instead of a joyous clinking it's a little creepy sounding uh, as he walks and t- uh, on top of his hat is a massive spiked golden crown embedded with a series of sharp looking rubies and on his face 
is a white porcelain mask with a smile etched into it, and both sides of the mask and red eyes give off a bright red glow. He is has a, a stack of flyers in his one hand and a series of cards in the other, and he seems to be twirling the cards around, doing like kind of flashy tricks uh, in between handing out certain flyers and things like that. And as he's doing so, he spots you all coming. And uh, he says, hello. Welcome, mm. welcome, travelers. I am the Festival King, and you have come to the Festival of the Dragon Scale. I am more than delighted to see you all here. Have you come for a good time? Have you come for a wild time and the way he like moves and like shifts it distinctly gives you an inhuman feeling not even like an inhuman like the difference between a tiefling and a human but like an, an unnatural yeah. movement in the way that he moves and his mask gives away nothing there's just the glow that comes from behind it and allow me to show you a picture of the festival gonna regret this mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. big time oh yeah ah he looks like solace <laughs> solace and if solace uh, was a jester yes <laughs> he looks like solace he does kind of look like solace that's that's valid and uh he kind of leans forward towards you guys and he says my festival happens to be celebrating the once a century event with the dragon scale meteor shower that will take place tomorrow night. Until then, you can play games, compete in competitions, and peruse some very interesting wares. You might even see other members of my court of curiosities. So keep your eyes peeled for the Red Queen, or even the Fool, as they go around. You might just be able to get a riddle out of them. And with those riddles come interesting prizes. And uh, as he, like, he puts a series of cards in front of your face and snaps them, uh, the deck closed. And he kind of, uh, as he's holding them closed, they kind of poof into smoke. And where they were before is a large brown flyer. And he says, and in between your perusing, you can see one of our lovely shows. They take place at various times throughout the day, so might as well uh, look alive. And he hands you this flyer, and I will send you the flyer as well. Whenever we go anywhere, Ani's the one that'll go and talk to people, and I'm like a couple of steps behind her, like hoping she won't talk to the person. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like trying to back away, like as soon as I like I hear a break in a conversation, I'm like. Eh? Really? I go talk to random people who are out? Not like people, but like vendors and shit. And oh! Yeah. And it's like, we don't need to do the whole spiel. <laughs> <laughs> Not random people. Shows and ongoing events, the dragons, drag show, and death. <laughs> death to drag Dragoness. Dragoness drag show. The Dragoness Drag Show, Death Defiant, The Might of Dwarves, Nature's Symphony, To Dance with Hellfire, The Way of Four, and then the last event of t- of day one, which is the, the day you guys are here, is the bonfire. 
So, and you, it says on there that the bonfire starts um, at sunset. Now, you're not sure, like, how early the festival started, so you don't know if you've missed some of the shows, if some of them are still going on or what, uh, what's up. So, you're not quite aware of that. But as you kind of, like, step beyond uh, this festival king, who, as you walk by, just this, obviously, the mask smile and the look on the mask doesn't change, but he just kind of stares at you as you walk past him. And before returning to like the next group of people and starting a similar spiel all over again. Now, what would I have to roll an insight check or an arcana check to see if that's like valid us? Yeah, you can roll me an insight check. Insight check. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Asha has positioned herself at the back and side of the like as okay. far away from him as she can without being entirely rude because she doesn't know if he's like just kind of weird or mm-hmm. as you know or if deserving of the sus 17 uh 17 and asha why don't you go ahead and give me what am i rolling uh you go ahead and roll me a history check please history check mm-hmm. you don't get to roll that one very often and that's why it was a six. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, six o'clock, or six uh, in total for history check. You look at this dude, and you've got no fucking clue what he could be. Um, <laughs> and um, on the other hand, Valkaria. But I got this face. Yeah. And like, on the other hand, Valkaria, you kind of look at him. And, like, you get a distinct, non, like, mortal vibe from him. But you can also sense, like, magic coming off of him as well. Not significant, oh, good, love. but there is some magic coming off of him. Val's gonna whisper to Jazz and be like, "Do you also get the feeling that that's not normal? That's inhuman." Jazara, like, who's been side eyeing this guy and is making sure to stand between, like, on the side closer to him than you two are. Yeah. Um, and just kind of like looking at him out of the corner of her eye as you guys pass by, and she says in undercommon. Quite frankly, I don't know how good of judges we are of what's different between where we're from and the surface. But, yes, as far as things are concerned, that's one of the stranger things we've seen. Okay. Because I'm not the only one who's sus. Mm-hmm. Okay, vendors. See what this festival's got. How much she wants to spend money. Well, we're going to have to spend money. We need supplies. But you, I understand, but that's not what you want. You want Chinese. I always want Chinese. Yeah. Jazara kind of looks at you and it's like, it's always Shinies. Always Shinies. I always assume they're Shinies. Asha is going to look for a hat, though. Yes, Asha will will find a hat. And not a clown hat. (laughs) Not a jester hat. No. As you guys, like, walk through these spaces, you're seeing all kinds of vendors and stores, but you're also seeing a lot of games that are set up. As you walk by one area, there's a booth that's set up with what looks like a dozen little stone dragon statues and each with a large horn in the middle of like where their snout is um and around the booth are little flags with depictions of dragons flying across the stars and a grizzled old turtle which is like a turtle person um is standing in operation of the booth and it you can see people standing in front of it and they have like these rings and they're like tossing them onto these dragon horns and one of the uh children who manages to do it like cheers and like he gets a large like stuffed animal as a prize 
and uh, you see all kinds of different games that are happening too. A little further off is like as you go through, there's a really large pen, like an animal pen, and it's surrounded by like what looks like a dozen onlookers. Some of them are laughing, some of them look a little embarrassed and stuff like that. But a lot of them are shouting and cheering good naturedly. Like two workers stand on either side of the pen. Um, the workers are dressed in what can only be described as cowboy attire. Uh, complete with like boots and spurs and large cowboy hats. And uh, these hats have been modified slightly to uh, accommodate their ears because both of these people are gnolls, like Ani's previous fiance. Um, one of them is standing partly on the fence. Hey, look at and that. Don't, start, don't you start, Asha. Um, and the other one is kind of like leaning casually against the fence and like chewing like a piece of wheat. And as like the crowd kind of parts slightly Weeps. you see a gaggle of large flightless gray dodo birds running around the enclosure in absolute chaos the birds each have like a number painted on their sides and you watch as a handful of people chase after them trying to catch them um a lot of them not with a great amount of success and you see a sign in front of it that says round up the dodo to win a prize Round up the dodo. This requires so much more skill than a usual carnival game. I know, right? This is not for any of us. <laughs> I do want to watch, though. Maybe Jazz, because Jazz will just be like, no, you, here, now. <laughs> and She'll do that uh, thing for my crocodile dundee. Right, just like... <laughs> Would you guys like to get closer at all? Yes, yes, I do want to watch it. I do want to watch it, yes. Okay. Um, you guys get closer, and there's a little sign out next to where it says Round of the Dodo, and it says, five silver to enter, uh, to win, you have to catch a bird three times, and you win an item called Bag of Tricks. And uh, as you're kind of watching, you She's see... She's dangling that carrot real low, isn't she? <laughs> yes, she is. Uh, you see uh, an elven woman goes to reach for one of the dodo birds, but she gets hit in the back of her legs by another bird that roughly <laughs> collides with her, causing the woman to lose her balance, and she falls face first into a large puddle of mud that just goes splat, like, really loud. A few other people seem to be faring a bit better, and you see a pair of young dwarves arguing over one of the birds that they caught. As they argue, the bird kind of, like, wiggles really hard, breaks free of their grasp, and uh, smacks them both in the face with its wings uh, before kind of, like, flying off a little. And uh, the two dwarves kind of, like, jerk back, and they both simultaneously land on their asses in more mud, and they just get covered. And they start arguing back and forth, and then they start to wrestle and, like, fight each other in the mud with a lot of, like, curses and more than uh, more than a few good punches thrown in there as well. Um, you hear a man on the other side of the pin give a holler before stomping his feet, kind of like yeah, sumo well, wrestler holler. style. Oh, yeah, he gives, like, this deep, like, holler, and he stamps his feet almost sumo wrestler style. Um, and he adjusts <laughs> his large hat and then pulls on his belt buckle a little, and he looks at this group of dodo birds before charging straight into the middle of them and the birds immediately scatter like in all directions but the man just kind of like starts slipping on the um, mud as he goes but he's keeping right up with some of them and uh, he gives a really loud yell before he just leaps into the air and just tackles one of these birds and they both bird and man roll at the same time and then he gets up and he holds this bird covered in mud over his head and just <gasps> I did it! I did it! 
I did it! And the gnolls kind of like clap and a little chime goes off as time runs out. And he comes over with his big old dodo bird and he puts it in front of one of the gnolls and uh, they give him uh, a pouch of some sort that you're not really sure what it is, but you can assume it might be a bag of tricks. Now, Val is trying to stay away, or sorry, she's trying to stay out of sight of these gnolls. Uh-huh. Because she doesn't know if they know who her five-minute fiancé was. Okay, okay. Or, or who she is. So she's like, okay. I really don't need a repeat, so she's going to stay away. Okay. <laughs> and Jazara uh, um, kind of like nudges you, and she's like, I don't see your fiancé anywhere. Lucky you. Yes, lucky me. Let's hope these other gnolls don't know who the fuck he is or who I am. <laughs> I don't need a repeat. And she's oh, come on. Are you sure? Don't you miss your mother-in-law? Yes, I miss my mother-in-law that called me a giant rat hairless monkey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like, but he said he was your true love. I'm delusional. That's a different <laughs> level of delusional. <laughs> and Jazara, as she laughs, she kind of like shoves you forward a little bit. She's let's go see what else they have. Yes, I wouldn't please, want you getting engaged from, to anyone else. It's away from the possible cousins of my five-minute fiance. There you go. All right, as you you guys kind of like wander around, there's stores, there's stalls, there's um. You come, like, as you come through some of the areas, it kind of splits off in a couple of different directions. One direction seems to go towards with the river, and the other side seems to go a little further off. And um, you, as you kind of walk along, you see more games, and there's people, like, standing on top of boxes and things like that, and shouting, like, for sell goods and wares and things like that. Are you interested in finding a store, seeing a show? Or playing a potential game. I would like to find a hat stand, but I would also love to see a show. I really want to see that drag show. Me too. Okay. Um, so you guys kind of like wander about and you see a few uh, like stalls that are selling all kinds of like strange knickknacks. And as you kind of like look around a little, you pass what looks like um, there's like arm wrestling competitions. There's signs. Uh, that point in different directions and that say like boat racing competitions this way or uh just different uh just all kinds of different games and i could i'm gonna list off what the games are for you guys that way you sounds can good sounds decide. good so there's the river racing game and uh which has uh there are prizes there's prizes for all of these they vary from gold to magical items so the river racing game which you get on boats and you race those okay. um, together in teams of two. Um, so that could be something like you guys do together. Um, there's the Weaver of Tales competition, which is requires you receive a prompt and you have to create a short story as quickly as you can within the time frame. based on that. There's also the uh, something that, as you guys go by, is called Mag's Magnificent Magical Mirages which is kind of like a, um, it's, I believe this one is the, uh, it's a, it's a magic competition, basically, mm. is where you put on a show of magic and the best display of magic gets a very, very good prize. I'll go into detail about that one a little more later. Um, there's the 
vamster eating bug contest, which is, and I say vamster, and a vamster is a vampire hamster. And they have cousin. what is a cousin, what is essentially a food eating contest. And uh, you guys can bet on those. And you uh, kind of like look around and there's like some little like party games and stuff like that as well. But those are like the major ones that you see um, as you walk in the direction that you've chosen. So you, you've walked in one, you've walked like maybe in the direction by the river. And uh, those are the games that are on that side of the river. Hmm. Anything sound like your skill set? Uh, no. Goosey, how much can you eat? <laughs> He's not gonna share. No, not to share. To get... No, I know. Put him in that contest! I know, but he's not gonna share the prize. Oh, that's true. And the vampster um, eating, bug eating contest is you bet on the vampsters that are competing. Oh. Oh, wait, that I can do. I can bet. Yes. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go to the vampsters. We're gonna, we're gonna gamble. All right. Small See? amounts. You go to these little uh, vampsters. I think I have a picture of the vampsters. They're so cute, though. Well, they're cute? Oh, they'd be horrifying. No, they're cute. In a in, uh, hamster vampire. So is it, like, spelled kind of like Dampier with an H, and, but, like, vampster? Um, vampster. Let me pull it up for you real quick, and I will send you a picture of the little vampster. It's hamster V-A-M-S-T-E-R. Bug eating contest. Okay. I will show you a la vampster. Did you say a la vampster? She did. A la vampster. Oh my god. Oh, it's a potato! <laughs> it is a potato. And so there's a little vampster bug eating competition oh. is that the vampsters try to eat as much bugs like as possible within a certain amount of time and uh you can bet on them depending on uh how well they do so there's seven of them in total so you can bet on any of them and uh yeah Would do you they like have names to... or numbers they there's little numbers above them one through seven okay how does anyone know how to judge a hungry looking vampster no they're all yeah, sitting in front of these these like what looks like for you guys it would be like a tea saucer, but in front of them it's giant platters and it's got these little bugs uh, that are stacked really high in front of them. <laughs> and there's a little counter behind each vampster that counts how many bugs that they'll eat. And you guys arrive just as like one of the rounds is ending, and you see one of the um, like the vampsters uh, has clearly won by a mile as it's eaten mm. twice as many bugs as the rest of them. And they cheer, and then the one somebody who's bet directly on this uh, vampster is, is given, like, gold in return because they won, and then those vampsters leave, and then a new set of vampsters take their place. Alrighty. Uh, I'm going to go with number two. Okay. And you said there's seven total? Number four. Alrighty. For me. Number, ooh, number four. And Jazara will go with number seven. So uh, you guys all bet. And the minimum bet is a gold. If you win, you get five gold in return. If you win three times in a row, you get a bonus prize. Okay. Okay. Alrighty. So I will have you guys roll for your own hamsters. 
So yeah. I'm going to start with rolling hamster number one. Okay. Asha, go ahead and roll for your vampster. Okay. 19. 19. Okay. I'll roll for vampster number three. Oh, I was four. Okay. That's fine. So you were just so. That's fine. And she's number um, two. Okay. Go ahead and roll for number two. Well, 12. Alrighty. And the last two. And Jazara's. Alright. Uh, so you're watching these, like, vampsters just. They, these little beetles are stacked on the plate in front of them. And you see them kind of, like, sit down. They got these little itty bitty fangs coming out of their mouth. And they just kind of, like, put their hands uh, out and, like, they're prepping and getting ready and then the little sound like a little buzzer goes off and they just start grabbing these beetles and instead of like eating eating it like a normal way thing would they just sink their little fangs into it and when they do like these things like curl up and almost like they dry up as they mm. suck all of the blood off of them and they just huck them backwards and they go again and again and again and you see these creatures just start plowing through them um and a little just, like, horrifying a little horrifying and like it strikes you as a little like, oh, this is, this is like, not what terrifying I Asha, but much smaller. So terrifying. A, a terrifying version so of Asha. So it's exponentially more terrifying because yes. it's little. And uh, <laughs> in fact, the person who rolled the highest is Asha. Woo so when the, the round ends and your vampster like stands tall as he got, uh, 22 beetles in comparison to everybody else. <laughs> Bravo. Yeah. The crowd cheers and somebody brings you uh, and gives you five gold there. And if you play two more times and win two more times, you win a special prize. Do you want to try again? I, I think we're set. Yeah. Because I, I, okay. I'm sure that drag show is going to start soon. <laughs> Probably. Okay. Um, as you guys kind of. Uh, start wandering off a little bit you kind of like make your way around and there is there's a lot of different like vendors and things like that you kind of get jostled around a little bit and it's a little strange just by the sheer amount of people that are around you in any given direction and uh you kind of walk along you're looking for like a stage or something and you do eventually see like a large sign that says you know, stage shows this way, and you kind of follow the route, twisting and turning a little bit. And uh, as as you like approach, you can tell there's some kind of show that's in progress, and people are there's a a, a large stage area that's been set up, and there's some chairs, and uh, some of them are a little more makeshift than others. As some of them are like stumps or large rocks, but yeah, there's a lot of chairs bales, and benches, hay bales. And hay bales, and things like that, all flopped around. Um, and you can see there's some kind of show in progress there's a uh, um there's like flashes of light and fire and magic that come out as this uh um like the curtains that are are pulled you notice a little tighter back than like a normal like play curtain would be as like bursts of fire come out of the stage <laughs> and uh, loud music is being played and there's a series of uh what look like women that are uh, dancing on the stage and there's in the middle of this is a very small like pixie and <laughs> who's standing there and she's kind of like twirling in a circle and she's sh the one shooting off these bits of fire and as the fire like peaks it kind of shatters into gold and 
at the same time, like it, the other ones are kind of like standing off to the side. And as she shoots off one of the bursts, it doesn't turn in to gold soon enough and it catches the top part of the curtain on fire and uh, a stagehand starts running out as like the curtains start to catch fire and people are excited because they think it's a part of the show but a, a small like stagehand with like a what looks honestly like a preteen comes out with a big broom and starts smacking it like really hard to try and put it out <laughs> and but the show like keeps going on like around them and like there's loud music and one of the uh, an elf woman stands up to the side and she's very tall with very like long blonde hair and she snaps her fingers together and she shoots her hands out and a twisting like swirl of magic zigzags through like the uh crowd and it even zips past you all and it kind of gives you like a little bit of a zing not in like a a bad way but it gives you like a, an excited jolt of like energy as it bursts around and goes through and amongst the crowd and it kind of glows like really really bright before flashing in a spark of and sea of gold kind of distracting people as the curtain is on fire um give me a perception check please three 16 16 um asha you have pretty good hearing considering you're uh, a damn fear and everything and you guys have kind of like moved in towards the stage to like take a seat you even above like the cheer of the crowd and everything you do hear uh somebody uh an orc woman say to the pixies like damn it again you're always setting this shit on fire <laughs> and uh and the pixies <laughs> says, just smile just smile don't don't do this not now we talked about this yesterday because <laughs> you lit it on fire yesterday too <laughs> control that shit don't do it just smile you bitch it's like we'll deal with it later <clears throat> and uh uh the stagehand does finally manage to put out like the um the curtain and uh kind of like awkwardly still standing there with the broom and just kind of like it takes an odd, awkward bow, like, <laughs> and then scurries really fast off stage. The show, which is clearly already like underway and stuff like that, has um, loud music and there's dancing and a lot of magic as they they go from like performing together and then individually and stuff like that. And, and there's more fire than you're comfortable with in several instances, all by the pixie who does not seem to care that wood and everything about the stage is flammable and in several instances you see some of the other performers like kind of step on something that's on fire to like put it out while still trying to perform oh, no. and stuff like that oh. and uh but there's like a, a loud display and it's it's a great show and it's a great like performance and everything like that um and in the as the final like act starts to come together the uh, stage itself kind of like starts to shake and like everybody kind of starts to stand at the edge of the stage and the stage itself kind of like starts to shake a little bit as the the actual front part of the stage kind of extends outward and then down into stairs and really loud music starts to play. A uh, really loud ruckus like music number starts and they walk into the crowd and it this is out of all of the like performances they've done so far, this one is the best as they kind of like journey into the crowd and they pull some people up into uh, to their feet. Now the question is, will anybody here be volunteering 
as they come into the crowd. No. <laughs> it's a very decisive head shake from Valkaria. She deals with this enough with her mother saying, go, go, participate, show them. It's like, no. Asha will. Um, Asha will. Okay. Um, as you're watching them, like a couple of the people like come closer to you, there is a, a dragonborn woman and she has a very elaborate like gown. It's blue on and she's a blue dragon and she seems to have very thin like filigree painted on her and at first you think it's like white paint it's actually as you get closer to it you see that it's not like a shine um so much it is of like paint or makeup or anything it's metal she has liquid metal kind of like painted on her and it's silver and as she reaches over to you and she kind of like reaches her hand out she kind of like looks at valkaria makes that eye contact of "Mm -mm." And then mm-hmm. the second eye contact with Jazaro, which is a fuck now. <laughs> and she sees you and she reaches her hand out to you, um, Asha. Would you like to take her hand? Sure, why not? All right. She pulls you up, and as she pulls you up, there's this explosion of like beautiful silver sparks of magic. <laughs> and she kind of like pulls you and she twists you and she twirls you around. And as she does so, um, you see underneath your feet, like snowflakes start to burst into the ground. Aww. And as she twirls you more, she's much taller than you. She's she's probably closer to like six foot five. Um, and she twirls you around. And as she does so, you kind of feel your feet start to lift up off the ground. And every time you step, even <laughs> in the air, is snowflake pattern, like bursts into the air where you step. And she lets go of you and you just feel this uh, air kind of like swirl around you and it twists and helps twist and turn you <laughs> as you kind of get danced around uh, for a moment in the air and she grabs your hand back down and she pulls you back to the earth and she dips you really fast before she spins <laughs> you and she puts you right back into your chair before you know it, you're sitting back down <laughs> and, and uh, she's just like <laughs> and and, yeah there's magic like as people are getting pulled up and into like different just magical displays of lights and fire the pixie very luckily doesn't set anybody else on fire it is a Bizarre. thing though um but uh as the dragonborn goes to step away from you uh she like splays her hands out and this uh slight snowfall drifts over your group as she walks away from you guys and they join each other back up on stage and they all like put their hands together once and then throw them in the air and you see just an explosion of fireworks come up um, from above the stage and the crowd just burns into applause so you guys are kind of sitting there like in front of the stage area and the curtains kind of close slightly singed curtains kind of close um (laughs) What a uh, a changeling, which is a a race in D anD D, they're usually like white skinned, and by that I mean like paper, like they look mm-hmm. like it should be makeup uh, mm-hmm. skinned, um, and like short has like short black hair. Walks up onto the stage and says, "Okay, thank you for that um, slightly singeing display. That was the Dragonist Drag Show, everyone." Next up, we have the wonderful, the terrifying, the absolutely defying, death-defiant show. And, like, it starts clapping, and the curtains go to open back up. Taking the stage are two figures. Um, One is a tall Asmar woman, which is uh, an angel 
for the record. Uh, they don't have their wings out normally, so they don't appear mm-hmm. with the wings. Um, but as a tall Azamar woman who wears a black and gold bodysuit, behind her is a short satyr who's um, upright and fur covers a lot of her frame. And it kind of reminds you of a deer based on the uh, pattering and the slight dappledness to her uh, fur. Uh, they have a, the satyr has a bandolier of knives strapped across their chest and a large bundle of symbol needles um, wrapped together under one arm. The Azamar woman approaches a large hoop that is lowered from the center of the stage. It looks like a very large metal hula hoop and it's upright um, and it's attached with a chain um, up to the ceiling into like a, what you assume is a rafter space that you can't see. Um, she hops up to sit on the hoop and is raised dozens of feet into the air, uh, hanging above the stage. Uh, once lifted into the air, the satyr brings throwing needles, the long symbol needles, and they're about a foot long each. And she starts throwing them into the stage underneath where this hoop is. Um, and as she completes this, and there must be at least 30 of these needles in the ground directly under where this hoop is. And uh, as she, as the uh, the satyr finishes, uh, and they step off to the side, a heavy drum beat begins, and the Asmar, whose name is Selena, uh, which I'll send you all the names you're gonna hear today later, <laughs> um, but the Asmar, his name is Selena, begins to twist and shift in a graceful display of dexterity and time with the music. The satyr then pulls out several knives. Um, which they begin to juggle in rapid succession before tossing them straight up as they whiz right past the acrobat as uh, she hangs upside down, narrowly avoiding striking her. Vickle, the satyr, catches them as they come down in lightning-fast movements. Uh, They then add more and more knives, catching and throwing them and twisting array around the aerolist, each knife coming precariously close to the acrobat. In some cases, you can see the whoosh of wind move her hair as she twists and turns around on this hoop. The music grows louder and faster, and this time when Selena twists on the hoop, she falls through it, catching herself with her ankle, and the crowd around you gasps. She begins to spin rapidly in circles, and as she does so, Vickle pulls out a series of uh, shigarams. They light them on fire. So the satyr is holding these two um, metal circles that are on fire. And Selena then flips herself upward and the hoop catching the hoop with her hands before pulling herself back up and somersaulting through the hoop again and again and again and again. And uh, Vickle throws the uh, flaming circles up into the air and just barely missing both sides of Selena. As she does so, as the aerialist kind of like moves out of the way, the ho- the top outside part of the hoop catches fire. And then the, the satyr catches both flaming uh, spheres in one hand. And then she pulls out seven large knives and passes them through the fire, igniting each blade. They show the blades to the audience who go, ooh, and ah, as these flaming, large flaming blades suddenly turns and throws all seven blades directly at Selena, 
who twists to see the blades coming and a large flash of exploding fire erupts on the stage and you hear the crowd gasp and one woman lets out this very high-pitched scream as this fire like engulfs the whole of the hoop and then the, the, suddenly the light fades and you see Selena hanging down upside down by her ankles six knives are caught between her fingers um, and as she raises her set head you can see the final blade is caught between her teeth and the crowd just loses their minds as they stand up and sh like cheer and scream Woo! and you see the uh, the aerialist Selena she slightly turns from the hoop letting and uh, where she's holding on to it with her legs she lets go and she falls towards the ground towards these large needles and just before she hits large angel wings burst out of her back and she floats herself down away from the needles and she has these very large bright white angel wings and the satyr who's standing next to her takes the knives back from her and they both uh, reach their hands up together and then they take a bow question mm -hmm. is, are there any is there any, any animosity between underdark uh, species and angels no okay no the um, there's not like a a heaven realm in the world there's just kind of like there's a uh there's an idea that there's a celestial plane of existence where mm -hmm. creatures like asmar come from there's some other creatures that live there too but um there's might be a little there's a little oddness probably between tieflings and asmar but whether or not you have a personal grudge with any would be kind of up to you okay um and if the underdark has asmar they're very few and far between because that is not often not, that you see yeah. one on this plane of existence because they have their own plane of existence yeah okay and uh, the changeling like kind of comes back up on the stage and says death defiant everyone give it up for vickle and selena and the crowd cheers and uh jazara kind of turns to you both and, and says uh so should we go do some shopping i can yep. shop Yes, I can shop. All right, and so you guys get up and you kind of like walk back into the uh, to the festival. So you guys wander back into the festival, um, and as you're kind of like walking along, you're passing some stands and some stalls, and as you pass by some, you see a crowd around one particular stall that kind of catches your eye. The stall appears to be made with a chaotic assortment of bits and bobs. The wood on the front table is made from an array of different woods, all in various states of decay. There are two large sticks that are planted in the ground and holding up a painted sign with still wet paint, which reads, Magdalene's Menagerie of Magical Creature Things. The sign seems to be precariously held up with bits of fraying ribbon. Behind the stall is a large patchwork purple tent with various cages and crates can seen behind them. Uh, the front of the table is laden with a wide assortment of creatures of all shapes and sizes. And you kind of see them moving about on the table. Despite the ramshackle nature of the stall, it is very, very busy. And you see two festival goers uh, hand over some gold to an older woman who's behind the booth before walking away and with their arms kind of like held upright. And there's these two large winged cats perched on their shoulders. 
As you approach the, uh, get closer to the booth, you can see a woman behind the stall. She's a, uh, an older woman and she looks like she is a hag. And don't say that like she's an old, like, witch or whatever, but hag is a race in D&D. It looks like the stereotypical idea of a witch in a witch's hut that, like, ate Hansel and Gretel, basically. Okay. Um, would you like to approach? Oh, yeah, Val's already oh. there. Yeah, I... Magdalene's menagerie of magical creature things. Absolutely. You already lost Val. Like she, she saw the animals and she's there. Mm-hmm. We need to get her a, a bell. A, a, a bell. Mm-hmm. And uh, as like Jazara and Asha go to like look at each other for a moment, and then just Valkyrie's just gone. She is just mm-hmm. absolutely gone. And Val, as you get up to this table, you see the uh, this old woman. Uh, her figure is hunched, and she's got, like, a long, curved nose. Her dress is layers upon layers of patchwork cloth, forming a loose approximation of an outfit. A bit like a wizard mm-hmm. pretending to be a muggle kind of a situation. Mm-hmm. Um, she sees you looking at the booth, and she holds her hands uh, out, beckoning you closer. She gestures you to the table. Welcome, welcome, my dears! And she kind of gestures at Jazara and Asha as well. Are you here to peruse the goods? Oh, yes. Definitely. And as you look down at the table, there's a variety of small creatures, which, and I will list some of them for you now. There is, on the side, uh, what you think at first is an avocado. (laughs) It rolls back and forth, and you see these little avocado pits are rolling like around it, and one is in the center of this split open avocado, and it pops out, and it has like these little cat ears on top of it, and these little cat looking face, and there's a group of avocados off to the Aww. side. Um, Asha, you see there's a large tome sitting on one of the corners of the book, and what looks like a scrap of paper is kind of like hanging out of it, and then you see it shift and move, and it kind of like lifts up and out, and it forms a paper like cobra head and it kind of sticks its little tongue out before zipping itself back into the book and that is a bookworm you see a bottle uh kind of that looks like it's filled with almost clear liquid and it kind of shifts and shakes and then all of a sudden it spouts these little arms and these little legs and it stands up and as it kind of like waddles back and forth over it touches the wood the brown wood of like the stall <laughs> and you see that some of the color drain from this wood and into the creature and like little swirls of brown kind of come into it as well. And it's called a cremunculus. And uh, I have, I have, I have pictures for most of these, which I will send to you. You see what you first you think is a crystal sitting on the table and it's, and uh, it, but you notice that it's moving. It's got these little crab legs as it walks forward. There's also what looks like a dragon fruit and it's sitting there. And as you're kind of looking and wondering just like why there's fruit on the table, like it uh, suddenly it stands up and what the inside of a dragon fruit looks like it appears as four little legs and the little head comes out and this is a dragon fruit turtle. <sighs> and a little, uh, the log of moss that's also sitting on the table seems to be running about as this is a moss stoat. In mm. larger crates behind the uh, the table, you can see sitting on top of them, and like the crates are mostly open and stuff like that, is a large dandelion, which is a lion mm. that is made partially of dandelion flowers. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. next to it is a tiger lily, which is a tiger and has like large uh, lily flowers coming out from around its neck. Um, and you can also see kind of like floating 
oddly around is this almost see-through bubble and it's called a CB. And uh, Valkaria, as you're kind of looking around, you at these wide variety of creatures, you see what looks at first like a slight bundle of cloth and then it kind of shifts a little and then it rolls a little bit to the side and made of small pieces of patchwork cloth strangely and indelicately stitched together this little rounded almost looks like a stuffed animal toy cloth seems to wiggle around and it has this hard time like putting its feet underneath it itself as you notice that its feet are kind of like having a we're not stitched to it very well and it turns around and stitched where the stitching of like the head part comes into like where the mouth would be it's stitched in like a sad face and these two really large very sad eyes turn to look at you and they look like marbles and this is called a marble eye and let me show you what it looks like because it's adorable in a scary sad way Mm -hmm. This is a marble eye. Oh my god. Oh. oh. What does it do? It is a it's... herald of death and decay. Great. <laughs> Fantastic. Great. It can, like, it does a bunch of different things. Like, it can warn you about, like, uh, death and, like, terrible tragedies incoming and things like that. The, um,. The actual definition for it, and I will, for any of our listeners who are, are listening to this and want to know more about what a marble eye is, I will, um, at the end credits, I will tell you. But the description for it says, all it sees is death and decay, usually surrounded by corpses and remains of tiny creatures. The marble eye lives in existence, doomed in solitude. On the face of it, this pitiful creature shows no signs of emotions, um, but on the rare chance that it shows like expressions and things like that, or that it's actually alive, it is usually like have it has like shows sadness and everything like that. Its natural face just kind of looks sad, Aww. but it is a herald of um, things, terrible things that could come. But it also um, usually knows when there's like corpses or danger or things like that around and valkaria in particular as you look at it it turns and like as it has it struggles to its feet and it kind of just like teeters over towards you a little bit and it just looks at you with these really really large shiny sad eyes mama <laughs> mama gonna uh, get one he likes you. Yeah, Val's gonna get it. Yeah. Val's the, gonna get uh, the marble eye. The old, like, the this hag woman, she kind of looks at her and she's like, oh, don't don't mind that old thing, dearie. And she kind of, like, tries to shove it away. And, and she says, nobody likes creatures that only show death and decay. And she said, I have much prettier things that you might like, dearie. Take this thing. And she picks up the bottle creature. She says, and Val just goes behind the woman and just grabs this marble eye. And like hugs it. It's like, no, no, I'll take this one. Are you sure, dearie? Like that's uh I'm sure. The herald death and decay, you know. It's not something that perhaps pretty little things like yourself would want. Uh, I'm sure. Well, and she kind of looks at the creature and she's like, 
<clears throat> Good riddance to you anyway. Great. <laughs> and you see the creature just kind of it's staring up at you with like these really <laughs> wide eyes and it just takes its two little hands out and like holds onto your finger and oh. it just very gently is just holding on to you as it stares at you and it's just looking at you with adoration Mama. and uh, Mama. i'm sending you the other photos of the other Mama. Mama. are you my mummy like, do you want to be my mummy? <laughs> and uh, how much is this little friend for her? I'm guessing and... a bargain since this lady wants to get rid of it. Yeah. And she's like, well, if you're willing to take it off my hands, I suppose I could part with it for 20 gold. 10 gold. Hmm. Roll me a persuasion, persuasion. check. What, a, ooh, what about suggestion? You can cast it. I will make you roll a stealth check to be stealthy about casting. All right, persuasion check. Oh, we can do persuasion. That's a nice one. Here, Mike, she's going to do a persuasion check. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. 26. Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> she looks at you and she says, well, nobody else is going to buy it anyway. 10 gold, that's fine. Hey up. Hey up. She kind of like snaps ten her gold. fingers at you. All right, Mark, 10 gold. Yeah. Here's your 10. And as she's holding this little thing wrapped around her finger, she's like, oh, we're going to be friends. She puts it on, she puts it like on her head in between her horns. It's like, you stay here, hold on to a horn. And it just kind of like peters over to one of your horns and it puts its little hands on top of your horn. And it just kind of like slowly looks around a little bit <laughs> as it just kind of hugs you, <laughs> hugs your little horn. I gotta give his name. I know. Zara kind of looks at like this creature and she says, "That's just precious." <laughs> and Asha, <laughs> Asha's going over and she's gonna little Pillsbury, Pillsbury Doughboy, Pills. Oh my God, Pillsbury Doughboy. <laughs> I'm on crack, but it's not good crack. It's the sleepy crack. Pillsbury Doughboy rubs the tummy on. Everyone's enamored with this little thing. I, I have a fish. And it, it looks at you, and it just blinks these very large eyes as it just stares wide-eyed at you, Asha. <laughs> and uh, it, as it just kind of like starts making its way its home at home, and you can see some of these other creatures like milling about on the desk. Valkaria, I want you to do me a favor. I want you to give me a perception check, please. As you kind of like sit it on your horn, this marble eye on your horns, and you kind of like look around as you do, making sure like it's it's stable up there. 14. 14? As you kind of look around this space, there's so many people in every direction. And like there's benches and chairs and just people milling about. Some are eating at stalls, some are drinking and everything like that. And you see a, a bench off to one side and there's a there's somebody sitting on it and as you look over, they make direct eye contact with you because they've already been looking at you. It's Levis, isn't it? No, it's okay. not. <laughs> this is not a tiefling, actually. Okay. This person is um, appears to be a an elf, actually like a half elf, more like. Um, and you can see him kind of like leaning forward. He's got his elbows like on his knees and his hands kind of like crossed as he's staring at you. And he's wearing armor. And the shoulders of the armor kind of like uh, 
kind of like slope down a little bit and it's all covered in like this black scale design and uh, as he's he makes eye contact with you and he kind of stands up and uh, his long black hair hangs loosely past his shoulders and is kind of braided a little bit in the back but it's tucked behind half elven ears you notice the um, braid is done like in this very elaborate like elven style as you know elves tend to do yeah um, and he wears like black armor in the shape of intricate obsidian scales. And there's two large swords are strapped across his back. One has like an ornate twisted gold handle, which looks like a scaled tail of some sort. And uh, the other is a shade of black so dark that even in the sunlight, it's almost hard to see. And it's almost like it absorbs like some of that sunlight from around it. He carries a worn leather pack, which he slings over one shoulder. And he kind of like starts walking towards you. And uh, as he does so, he kind of like makes eye contact with you. And you can see that his eyes are like this espresso shade of like brown. And uh, he kind of steps closer. And uh, he, as he kind of has this smirk on your face as he looks at you with like your little marble eye like sitting on top of your horn, he reaches directly past. He's definitely in your personal space at this moment. He reaches directly in front of you and there's this cup of coffee that's sitting there and he kind of like puts his finger on top of the surface. And as he does so, you watch as the coffee swirls around and around and it changes from being coffee into scales that appear and it keeps spinning in circles until this small brown little uh, head pops up and the little head of an uh, espresso dragon and it curls up into his hand and kind of starts to dart up wrapping around his arm before coming up to sit on his shoulder and it's kind of it's long the way like Chinese style dragons are but okay. it has front and back uh, legs that are kind of like clawed and it's very, it's probably like maybe two and a half feet long and it's very thin and small and it pops its like two front little legs up on his shoulder and it has its little head up next to his face. And this guy is still standing very much in your personal space. He kind of smirks at you and he says, and he looks at your little marble eye and he says, cute. <laughs> Val just blinks like she's talking to Jazz. Uh, she was. You know, she's, well, she's sending a message to Jazz. And I'm like, the fuck is this guy? And you hear Jazara go, I don't know, but I think you should find out. <laughs> and Asha just kind of steps back and leans into Jazz like, I sent you a picture. Is this oh, who please. my boyfriend is? Please. Please look. Please oh, look. No, you need to see it. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> She's ruined. <laughs> End of the line. Oh. End of, open it up bigger. Look at him bigger. I did. Oh. <laughs> He's wearing. Or do they fucking know me? Oh. Why can't He's... they have him in real life? 
He's got this long black hair and it's done like part of it's pulled back into that intricate braid, but he's wearing from head to toe, just jet black is this armor that he's wearing with these scales on it is immaculate. His swords look well kept. His long cape that comes down is made out of a fabric that just faintly sways, even though there's such a little breeze. It looks simultaneously rich and delicate and yet sturdy as well. And he's wearing these long, like, um, gauntlets on his arms that kind of like, or the braces uh, that come down on his arms. And they have that same, like, dragon scale like symbolage uh, into them. And at first you think maybe it's just like design or something like that, but as he's standing so close to you and you can see that it's actually little, it looks like somebody took the time to make this metal into the shape of scales and put it together. And he's standing at maybe about six foot and he's directly in front of you. And uh, yeah, and he's just staring at you. It's a little bit of a smirk to his face. <laughs> <laughs> and Asha just move do something do something Val is like sputtering for words at this point she's like I be smooth <laughs> she made a tea kettle noise <laughs> this guy he's as he's standing there and he looks at you and he says it's not often somebody takes a liking to a marble hive. That must say an awful lot about you. It's nice to see people who take kindness to creatures who don't usually des- think they deserve it. Can't judge a book by its cover. And he kind of, he takes a long moment to look you up and down. He says, unless the book looks really good. <laughs> We're all dying over here. It's fine. <laughs> Jazara is like behind you, slapping you in the back. Like, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit. <laughs> She's kind of like making eye contact with Asha. Like, holy shit, what is this? What is this? And they've kind, they've kind of, they're, they've turned just enough to give you the illusion of privacy. We <laughs> are very like, closely monitoring this situation. <laughs> just very blatantly are watching you but they've taken like a decent step back or so and so they can just stand there and watch you just but without being in your face it's just like <laughs> have you read a lot of books <laughs> that look this good <laughs> She's out of her comfort zone. She's like, what the fuck do I do? I'm fucking dead. (laughs) Wrap it up. Yeah, sure. Ask the guy you just met if either he takes it literally, if he reads or knows how to read, or, like, how many people have you slept with? That's the first question that should be out of your mouth. Sure. Sure. Lord. Okay. Okay. He kind of looks at you for a moment. You don't know how to flirt in real life either, right? He doesn't really seem deterred as he looks at you and he says, Oh, he's an idiot. (laughs) He's a good idiot! He's an idiot! (laughs) His mouth does kind of like quirk, like open, uh, like up on one side as he he kind of like smirks at you and uh, he chuckles and he says, I think books like this are probably once in a lifetime. So no. Val's gonna glare at him, just be like, who are you? 
Uh, he pulls out like a pouch of gold and like he pays the hag for this little dragon that's now like sitting on his his shoulder. And he reaches his hand out to you, like uh, like as to take your own hand. Yeah. Uh-huh. And do you? Suspiciously, but yes. Those those lessons your mother has drilled into you. Maybe exactly, like exactly. It's those. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what this what decorum I must use here, but okay. And it's just like you know, like it. It's he's being like super polite, so it's almost like those manners that have been drilled into you. Like also, yeah, kind of right. like demand it back. It's just. And uh, he he takes your hand and he holds it uh, up to himself and he kind of like bows over your hand without like without stopping eye contact with you. He kind of bows over your hand so that he's much more eye level with you. And he says, Althindrin Velisar, at your service, my lady. Lady. Well, that's a title I don't hear often, even though I deserve it. That's quite the shame. You deserve that and much more. And you know I deserve what how? Well, all ladies deserve the best, but one's as rare as you. Well, how could you deserve anything less? You got a point there. I deserve the best. <laughs> you just just faintly hear Jazara slap her own forehead <laughs> <laughs> in the background, and it's just like and she's just like leaning against Asha, like, oh my and god. Asha's back, and then just uh... <laughs> And the goose is just standing between them going, Hark! <laughs> Are you ladies enjoying the festival? And he kind of makes brief, like, eye contact with Asha and uh, Jazara. And uh, before looking right back at you. Where are my manners? Let me introduce you to my companions. Did you introduce yourself? Did you say your own name? No. I'm getting there. He doesn't give a shit what my name is, apparently. Uh... Hint, hint, I think that means ask her her name so she can <laughs> follow directions. <laughs> She's like, no, I'm sorry. Where are my manners? Meet <clears throat> my friends, Asha. Hi there. And Jazara. And Jazara just kind of like gives like a half, a half wave. And she's trying not to just look embarrassed on your behalf. <laughs> she's kind of like, oh and my god. And I am Valkaria. Valkaria. What a unique name. Just as beautiful as the woman who has it. Please stop flirting with me, sir. I don't know how to handle it. <laughs> Does she say that out loud? I don't know. I'm going to say yes. Like She mumbles it to herself, but she says it out loud without acting. And his elf ears catch Ca- it. Yes, yeah, his elf ears catch it. I think the question is, which <laughs> language do you say it in? I'll let you choose whether you say it in under common or common. Under common. Under common? Okay. So he doesn't understand that, and he uh, and he just kind of stands there and he's staring at you, and and uh, this, his little dragon kind of like goes from one shoulder to the other, and it kind of like leans a little closer to you, and uh, kind of like giving you like the once over before it sits back on his shoulder, and uh, he kind of reaches up and like scratches the little dragon's head, and uh, he kind of like gives the group a, a bit of a look, and he smiles at you and says, "Well." Lady Valkaria. Perhaps we will see each other later. Or perhaps you could go get something to drink right now. <laughs> I'm thirsty. We should all go get something to drink. Sir. 
Ash is not letting this go and go. No. Uh, what's his name again? Althindrin. Althindrin. Althindrin Valisar. A L T H I N D R I N. His last name is Valisar, which is V A L A S A U R. Cool. Uh, apparently we're all very thirsty. How about we all go get a drink? There's a, Sir looks like Elfildren. a lemonade stand over here. <laughs> do you, um, do you like lemonade? I could use a drink. It would be my honor to escort such lovely ladies as yourself. And he's only looking at you when he says this. Val is like... Like just hitting Asha and Jazz with her tail, like uh-huh. help me! I am. <laughs> uh, and he and, and we'll let him lead. We'll let him lead over to this lemonade stand, and um, and um, we're gonna let you follow first, and we're gonna give you a gentle shove, <laughs> and we're gonna um, and. Lots of posts, <laughs> and you're gonna, and we all try not to squeal and do the slappy thing. Mm-hmm. And then you will follow him. You're following him, cool, calm, and collected. Deep breaths. Val's tripped like three times. I know. And um, we're gonna walk. You're walking. And as you guys Val's turn to walk away, back. yeah. As you guys turn to walk away, like from this stand, basically. But as you guys like go to towards this. Uh, lemonade stand he turns or what you assume is a lemonade stand at the very least um he'll turn and like he'll offer valkaria his arm val's gonna take it i mean at this point anything that involves physical like manners Mm -hmm. is like second nature to her it's muscle memory yeah so she will take the arm but she is dreaming on the inside (laughs) he offers you his arm and you take (coughs) his arm and you guys walk over hmm. to this uh, stand that's selling all kinds of drinks. You see um, it has everything from lemonades to ales, wines, ciders, random spirits, and even mead. And uh, anything particular you would like? Would you like something alcoholic or non-alcoholic first? Alcoholic. So. Okay. You have, um, there's meads, spirits, ciders, wines how and ales like how alcoholic which are you looking for clearly val has a thing for whiskey now fireball fireball oh god that is not on here you may not have that now there's um you see like in the list there's an ale that's called the hellfire hopper there's uh some like elven wines and things like that there's um some different kinds of ciders including something called like a spring blossom. There's different spirits. Uh, one of them is called like the cat scratch. Another one is ghosts of summer's past. There's meads. Uh, one of them is called primordial power. And another one is called apple orchard. Oh, the primordial one. The primordial one. You see the, um, the owner of the stall and, uh, Kind of leans over and, and uh, what can I get you for, dearie? I'm going to have the primordial, please. Primordial power. 
good choice, especially for one as fiery as yourself. This one here is supposed to be directly from the Nine Hells. Perfect. A taste of home. And uh, he, like, pours you, like, a very large, like, thing of mead, and he hands it over. And it's a, uh, a very, like, hearty mead, and it's very strong as well, and you can kind of, like, get the whiff of the alcohol that comes off of it. And uh, you see he, uh, your companion, uh, orders the Ghosts of Summer's Past, which is a spirit, and it's served into, like, this um, very uh, large kind of... Uh, it, like it's a glass and it's kind of like you notice it, it's almost it gives off like a warm to the touch kind of a uh, feel and you see the uh, it, the rim of it has just a couple of pe- large like pieces of sea salt on the top and the uh, um, the stall owner kind of leans over and hands it over it's like that one's particularly interesting as it's rumored to come have come off of a ghost ship that appears off in the sea once every ten years. Mm, spooky. And Elthendron kind of like nods his head and kind of like raises a glass at the uh, at the stall owner and then he reaches over to clink his glass with yours. Val clinks and she starts she takes a sip of her drink while staring uh-huh. him dead in the eyes. And he, he starts taking a drink of his, and you can tell there's a bit of a smirk on his, his face, which is not really left, like, the whole time he's been with you. And is it fair to say that Asha and Jazz have just melted away to allow, <laughs> this, to allow just this... Taking a few steps out. back, you know, and just kind of, like, you guys followed most of the way to the stall, but maybe stopped, like, ten feet back. And just We're, like, at like, the next stall over, so yeah. we can keep an eye on the situation. Like, but... you're perusing some wares. Like, there's a, uh, you notice, like, the, the stall next to it, and it has, like, a tabaxi running it, and it's selling, like, weird bits and bobs. Like, there's, like, shoes for sale, but it's only one shoe. There's, like, a uh, necklace. Tell and... me, tell me that the tabaxi at this booth is boots. No. <laughs> Damn no. it. But uh, it's got kind of, like, a snow leopard, like, print to them, and uh, they also, you'll notice, sell a variety of, like, hats and shoes and, like, uh, necklaces and really odds and ends and bits and bobs. For... That's why they really stopped. Asha saw a hat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Asha, you can, <laughs> as you're, like, more so, paying okay. attention to what's happening to Valkaria as you turn and you look at this booth that you're supposed to be perusing and there are hats here and you're like, oh, this is a useful booth. <laughs> I did one thing right. Keep talking. Keep oh, keep talking. What kind of uh, hat is Asha looking for? Wide brim, cover the pail. <laughs> okay. You see what is a, um, a large... Uh, very large wide brimmed hat and it's kind of black and it has like this little lace filigree done around the uh, the brim of the hat and uh it's it's black and the lace is like a slightly different shade of black but it is mm-hmm. wide brimmed enough that you think it would it would give you some shade i think she's gonna she's gonna buy it kind of no matter what it looks like really at this point because it's like a golf so- sun hat basically well, then she's extra gonna buy it but she's also kind of like doesn't care how much it is. <laughs> she's very invested. You, um, you pay you pay two gold for the for the hat with the tabaxi who mm-hmm. uh, purchased it from you, and you're just kind of like, uh huh. Don't even look at tabaxi. Just like, uh huh. Take it. Mm-hmm. Just like hat. That's great. Thanks for the hat. Thank you so much. It's like hat. 
for the distraction, so it looks like I'm doing something and not spying. And Jazara's just kind of, like, moving some stuff, like, picking it up, putting it down, picking something else up, putting it down, without actually looking at any of it. (laughs) And it's just staring at you instead. Uh, I mean, Val and Alcindrin are still drinking in awkward silence. Mm. Awkward for for Val, and I'm guess I'm assuming Alcindrin is just enjoying the hell out of this. It's funny for him, yeah. Oh yeah, and Val's going to just be like, she's Val is going to like reach over and try to pet the little coffee dragon. Okay, like it kind of like sniffs at your hand a little bit before it kind of like nuzzles up against your hand, and uh, Alcindrin says, hmm, "They like you already, I guess. Good taste." Good taste what? Runs in the family? Well, I can't say I'm related to a dragon. Are you? One can only dream. (laughs) So! I can blow fire! (laughs) Shut up, Masha! (laughs) So! Uh, Alfendrin, where are you from? What brings you to this festival? Well, I must say I'm here because of work. Oh, all work and no play? Hmm. Now that would make for a very dull time, now wouldn't it? No, I was. I have a job in the area, and uh, I'm not due for another day or two, so I thought I'd take my time and enjoy myself. What does he do for work? <laughs> we know we have message. You can just shout. No, that. I don't. You have to talk to me. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> leans over to Ash and she says, "We need some kind of communication device. Like, I can't do this. This is so. This is suffering." I need something to zap her with. <laughs> it's about and that it's- time, like as you as you two are standing there, and uh, you see one of the jesters one of the clowns mm-hmm. that kind of come into the space and kind of like walks through. And it's not the festival king that you saw before. This one looks a little different. Um, and it almost looks feminine in its form. The mask uh, is, the smile on it is much wider, but much, much creepier. And the hat that kind of hangs down more to one side than the other. And these large silver bells hang on the side of it. And uh, uh, like she kind of comes into the space as she walks around and she kind of, when she looks at you, it's very, very unsettling. You just, Val immediately just stiffens. Like she doesn't like whatever the fuck energy is coming her way. You get the impression that this is the Red Queen. Her hat mm. kind of like is split in the side and it comes down in very long, like jester, like the way the jester's hat do, but it's very long. Is these very large silver bells. But even as she moves, you notice they don't make any sound. The way she walks is a little disjointed. The smile on her mask is much larger, but much, much creepier. And the longer you look at it, the more unsettling it is. Mm-mm. And she kind of makes it like a disjointed walk, like through the space. And uh, she kind of like starts to like walk past you guys as she kind of shifts as she walks. Yeah. Val's just gonna straight, not like she's gonna ask Alfinger, but not like. She's gonna ask it out loud, and she's like, "What is? What kind of festival is this?" And you see him like kind of look out of the corner of his eye at the Red Queen as she like kind of teeters past. Mm. Said, "Well, it's supposed to be a festival for the meteor shower. 
and one that happens once every hundred years. It's usually celebrated all across Exandria. And uh, in this particular part of the world, they celebrate with the Festival of the Dragon Scales. Legend is supposed to have it that a giant dragon had flown over the sky and shed its scales into shooting stars. Hmm. And the creepy jesters fit in with how? From what I've heard, they simply capitalized on a way to make money off of the festival. Now, I don't know how, what kind of magic you possess, sir. <laughs> but do you also get the feeling that they are, uh, unreal? From what I've discerned so far, they're real in the way that you and I are. However, I believe they're automatons, like machines, basically. The magic in them's brought them some level of sentience. It's uh, unusual, certainly, but old magics. You have piqued Val's interest. Do you happen to know who created them? No, I'm afraid before I showed up here, I'd never heard of them before. But they're definitely something to keep your eye out for. That's an understatement. Anyhow, what kind of work are you here for? <laughs> well, I'm passing through to the next area hmm. as I my main job is to procure items and deliver them to buyers. So treasure hunting cool. <laughs> More that I go pick up an item that's already been bought and deliver it. Usually they hire me specifically because they want to ensure that whatever it is that they're purchasing gets where it's going. Man not afraid to shed blood. <laughs> and are you a woman to fr afraid to shed any blood? Test me and find out. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't dream of it, my dear. Too bad. <laughs> <laughs> you are an interesting one, I must say. It's not often that I meet people quite so intriguing. Do you often meet people you just walk up to and start flirting with? Only the truly unique ones. Ah. You are very straightforward. It's refreshing. I find no point in being elusive in communication. <laughs> Something all too rare in this world. As I just feel Asha's glare at me from the stall over. <laughs> and Jazara is making sure to... Jazara is making sure to stand between Asha and Valkyrie. Asha doesn't just charge over there like, mm, no, no, don't do this, don't do this. And Alexandrin takes like uh, the last drink of his, uh, of the drink that he ordered and he puts the glass back onto the stand and he says, as much as I have enjoyed this, and I have to go pick up an order. I was at a blacksmith down the way, and they've hopefully finished repairing something for me. Hopefully something sharp. <laughs> All the best things usually are. And uh, he kind of leans much closer to your face, and he says, I do hope to see you later, little dragon. And Asha's trying to <laughs> signal real quick, and she's like, What, Asha? In message form. Tell him where we're staying. Tell him you can he can take you up there. <clears throat> um, 
All right. Well, I hope you throwing all caution to the wind. Right. By the way, mm-hmm. I realize we're just getting. Tell him no. Maybe don't tell him we're staying there. Don't tell him we're staying there. But tell him to we, meet, meet you, there you there. Yeah. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. It's like, okay. Um. Well, I hope the blacksmith has what you need, and if you find your way back towards the town, wishful waters. <laughs> Thank you, Asha. Uh, I'll be at the wish. What? Wistful Thank you. waters. <laughs> I'll be at Wistful Waters. <laughs> and he kind of, he looks at you for a long moment and says, will you be at the bonfire tonight? <laughs> yes. Yes, we will be at the bonfire <laughs> tonight. You see both Asha and Jazara vigorously <laughs> shaking their heads behind him. <laughs> and even the goose is like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> And you can kind of feel the, uh, the little... Marble eye going, going uh-huh. tap, 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 once for no, twice for yes. And he's going tap, 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 tap. <laughs> and yes. uh, Alexander, he kind of, he looks at you and says, and perhaps I will see you there. Looking forward to it. And he, he takes your hand once again and he bows over it. And uh, then he turns and he walks away into the crowd. Val immediately turns around, sees Jazz and Asha and just goes, Ah! And Zara like practically tackles you. She's like, "Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god!" What? What? What is happening? I am so sus. <laughs> you got a date. <laughs> I don't know how to date. Zara's like, "Does it matter? Did you see him?" It doesn't matter. I'm not blind, Jazz. I saw him. <laughs> Hence the I forgot how to talk part. <laughs> she, she says, girl, is she seriously asking how many people he slept with right away before anything else? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she grabs you by like the lapels of your outfit. And she's like, where's your mother's lessons in diplomacy? Out the window. Gone. Poof. I, uh-huh. Oh, we've got Did to work on Did you see how that. tall he is? Yeah, he's very tall. Very, very, very tall. Did you see the swords that he has on his back? Oh my god. Yes. And he's picking up another one. He's a man with a job. He's a man with a job. <laughs> Something Ani has not had in real life. <laughs> yes, we're talking about y'all. <laughs> um, who will rename remain nameless? Um, 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 we need to get her something to wear. Okay, a little that's practical but new and not road worn. Hmm? Please don't hmm. dress me like my mother would dress me. You're gonna come pick on. your own outfit. We can you can pick something out yourself. Now come on, we should go shopping. And Desire just starts pulling you in a direction. And like one hand of Val's goes up to the marble eye on her head so it doesn't like fall over and she's like, How you doing up there, buddy? And he just kinda like taps on your horn a little. Like it's it's a reassuring pat. Okay, okay. Okay. Have a date. But I okay. <laughs> what are we gonna put her on? I don't know. So you guys kind of like you wander like through the space a little bit and it's probably you know the bonfire is at sunset so you have a couple of hours before that 
Um, and as you wander around a little, there's um, some stalls, some stores, and things like that. Um, one of the, as you guys are walking, you've kind of like made your way from the one side that has like the water and all of that. And you make your way to the other side of the festival. <clears throat> and as you come across what is a very like large field that's set up, like that kind of deviates off from part of the festival. And you see um, in this area, what looks like archery. There's an uh, archery set up over here. And you can see the, uh, there's a couple of like other games and things that are happening. There seems to be like arm wrestling competitions, but um, there's along this where these uh, archery stands are. You see a large fenced-in area with rows of stadium seating nearby. The seats face a long open field that has archery targets lined up in distant rows. There is a series of five rows, each with a large number painted into the dry grass below a line marking the archer's place. 50 yards away on each row is an archery target with a blue outer ring, a red middle ring, and a yellow inter inner ring, and a small black dot as the bullseye in the center. A group of wood elves appears to be manning the competition. Two young male elves are passing out slips of paper with numbers on them as they assign competitors to different rows. A young wood elf is walking around with a large container of arrows that he appears to be selling for a silver apiece. An older, but not old, couple stands on opposite ends of the field from one another. A woman whose long wheat-colored hair is pulled back into an intricate braid stands at just past the five line um, where the archers are holding their place. And she's holding a long hollowed out piece of bamboo. Standing in line with her on the other end near the archery targets is an elven man, roughly the same age, though his features appear a bit more haggard. He stands with his arms crossed as he stares intently at the archers as they take their positions. As you watch, the final archer takes their place. The woman shouts for the archers to draw, then aim. Then as she raises her arm with a hollowed out stick up into the air, a popping sound ignites from it and a flare of red shoot ups into the air. She yells fire. All five archers shoot off their first arrow down the field towards their respective targets before the woman yells for them to drop once again. You watch as the archers fire their bows and after the fifth arrow is released, contestants lower their bows, each then turning in place and putting their bows on the rack directly beside them. As they do so, the man walks his way from one target to the next, pulling out arrows and shouting off a number as he goes. Once he's finished, the woman walks to the row um, with a number with the highest score and announces him the winner. The goblin who won shouts and dances around in a, in a funny little jig as the uh, woman gives him a slip of paper. And you can see there's a large sign in front of it that says, two-day archery competition. Entries today, semifinals, day two and finals uh day two as well jazz you want to sign up jazara is looking like wide-eyed at it and she's like you know we're gonna go shopping but we have a little time for some shooting something please 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 yes please please and like she's dragging you like towards this archery stand where there's the competition is and it says five silver for level one uh, written on it. And it says day one is all level one competitions. And uh, she kind of like walks up to one of the um, uh, the elves that's taking tickets and stuff like that and, and passing them out. And uh, she says, uh, 
Hello. How does this work? And uh, one of the one of the elven uh, boys says, "Today's level one. If you win, you get a pass to enter the semifinals tomorrow. If you win your semifinal round, you get to compete in the finals. And if you win the finals, you win a magic item." And he seems bored. And she's like, "Okay." And he says, "Every time you win one of the leveled competitions, you win." Uh, a gold for level one, five gold for level two, and then the grand prize for level three. Which is, okay. And she kind of looks at you guys and you're like, you want to take a couple minutes and, uh, while I shoot something? Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, she looks right at Valkaria and she says, and you can take this time to figure out what it is you're going to wear for your date. You know, the mm-hmm. date you're going to have. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, about that. Let's, Asha, let's go shopping. Okie dokie. And um, Valkyrie. Knock them dead, Jazz. Knock them dead. Gonna go and Literally knock them dead. She's going to go uh, enter the competition while you guys do some shopping. Okay. Um, you guys kind of wander around, and uh, is there anything particular you're looking for, Valkaria or Asha? I Val think she has no clue. I think she doesn't need, I think she needs something, since we are on a journey, and not to bring it down, but How about just, new armor? Not armor, but like a new, um, like, leather outfit. Pants, shirt, vest. She, dear listener, she is going straight for the leather. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I didn't make any, for? I didn't make any magical BDSM shops, but I guess I should have. We can work up to that. Um, let's go find you a leather, I don't know, corset, doublet. What do we want to do? It should be low cut for some cleavage. Let's go. Let's go get you. <laughs> and so. Uh, what color would complement my skin? I'm purple with black marbles. <laughs> um, you're a dark, dark purple. Or are you like that? Uh, I'm lighter than Jazz. Jazz mm-hmm. is a darker purple than me. Mm-hmm. So it's more like that. And then I have the black swirls and I have the, uh, like, neon, hold on, the metallic blue, um, tattoos. I would say black would like, probably look yeah. good. Yeah, black would be nice and uh, easy to match to everything. Yeah. Yeah. And she is black, a sh- shadow sorceress, so... Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Let's do black. Shadow mommy. Anyway, so we're going to go find you a nice one. We find a stall. Mm-hmm. And it has many options, as they do at the Ren Fair, with all kinds of corsetry and things. And we're going to just throw you at the mercy of the stall owner, who's all too happy to help. All too happy. Mm-hmm. All too happy, of course. Of course. And... We're just going to be, like, squeezing you into one vest after another. No, this is not enough cleavage. No, that's too much cleavage. Mm. This is the wrong material. Yeah. Wrong color. <laughs> no, this one had... The, the boning is too tight in the... <laughs> the boning is too loose. Yeah. As you're kind of, like, looking through, are you looking for, like, do you want pants? Do you want skirt? Do you want a dress that has, like, a corset pants. in it? A corset you put over it? Um, pants. Do you I want... want... I want pants, uh, and, like, a corset, uh, type vest. Okay. So, 
as you you go from stall to stall to stall kind of like looking around for some different things and um at one of them you find this really nice pair of black pants that are made out of um a very loose kind of material and uh, when you put them uh when you hold them up because you can't really try them on because you're in public uh, the ends of it kind of are made out of this very light material but it doesn't tear like you kind of like test it for durability and it's something yeah. that's as light as this and it kind of flows a little um doesn't seem to like have any give to it or any tears and stuff like that and the shopkeeper tells you uh that is made from there's this very particular type of silk that comes from a place called Marrakech out at one of the other continents and their desert worms weave this very unique very durable silk I like durable looks good too mm -hmm. they're kind mm -hmm. of like high-waisted and they have like these nice uh, pockets that have very intricate filigree done like along the sides in um, stitching and uh, there are with a very deep blue kind of done through them and uh, kind of gives like this nice almost lace pattern but it's since it's done with stitching it's into the actual pants yeah. themselves and uh, they kind of like flare out just a bit around the ankle so that they're not completely caught you can choose to like wear them inside of your boots but they look yeah. just fine over them as well they're a very nice shade of black that looks like it's easy to match to some of the other stuff that you have. It's very, it looks like if you, depending on what top and accessories you put with it, you could like travel in it just fine, but you could also wear it to something a little nicer as well. Yeah, that was gonna take the pants. Mm -hmm. And now we gotta find the two right gold. kind of top. Two gold. Two gold. Here's two gold. Mark, Mark off two gold. Okay, when I have <laughs> hands. <laughs> Um, and so you guys go to like the next shop and uh, as you're kind of like perusing around one of the places that you see and it kind of surprises you when you see it is there is a small blue tent, a very small blue tent with a twisted chimney on one side and uh, it kind of sits a little bit off to the path there's a sign planted out front of it which reads wizard's trove. The tent is only about three feet tall, and you see people having to stoop low as they kind of step through the flap in the tent, passing a small group, leaving as they go. The people who just exited the tent seem to be holding an interesting array of like magical bits and bobs for uh, from a bubbling green potion bottle that has foam pouring over the top to a bag of runes. Um, a member of the group that has just come out seems to be holding an oddly shaped tea kettle which he holds up to his friend for inspection. As a friend leans close to the kettle, it splits in half, revealing a long row of teeth that go forward and chomp the man on the nose. And this giant tea kettle is hanging off of this guy's face as he screams and flails about, and his friend just bursts out laughing, and the man, like, takes off in the other direction. And, uh, with a tea kettle, like, hanging onto his face. <laughs> okay. Well, that's and different. It occurs to you, Macario, that this is a very magical store that might have something. Magical items. And maybe with the ability to enchant something to do Ah, ah yes, yes. The enchanting thing. <sighs> what did I want to enchant? Oh yeah, the rings. You wanted to do the ring to get your quarter staff to come back to you? Yeah. The ring of turning kind of situation. Yep, yep, that one. 
Would you like to go into the wizard's trove? Oh, yeah. All right. Oh, yeah. Like, she's got, she's holding the pants, like, in a fist, and then she's just making a beeline for this wizard's trove. Okay. Fuck the top. Magical you, item. Mm -hmm. You stoop down to look through the doorway, you and Asha, and uh, Goosington has gone with you, by the way. And as you stoop down to look through the doorway, you're rather shocked to see a space far larger than it appears from the outside. The space is crammed with a wide variety of odds and ends that are clustered on every surface physically possible. Shelves, plants, bookcases, and tables take up every single inch of this tented room. You see bubbling jars spilling over and continuous chemical hazards, charms hanging off of shelves and plant leaves. Dried herbs are suspended from the ceiling on precarious-looking ropes, and strangely shaped bones, including that which appears to be a giant T-Rex skull, are scattered about. The tent converges in a tall point at the center of the room, where an oversized crate with bits of hay sticking out of it seem to be hanging from the ceiling like a chandelier. There is a large counter in the center of the room, behind which seems to be the only space not bogged down with clutter. Instead, a fairly large arcane circle is drawn on the wooden floor in glowing green ink. The entirety of the space gives a crowded but magical feeling. And as you kind of like step through the door, you hear a loud crashing sound of something breaking, followed by a quick bit of distressed shuffling, and see several bits of furniture being like uh, on the counter kind of like shake before suddenly standing on top of the counter leaping up onto it is a two foot tall chicken and he begins to dust himself off he wears a floppy blue wizard's hat that has embroidered feathers on it that magically shift across the hat around his neck is a bit of braided twine on a large wooden amulet on which is a stylized depiction of a roll of twine you see him lift his wing, summoning a bit of magic light that appears, and the broken bits and bobs seem to fix themselves as he does so. Asha, how much you want to bet that that's the uh, the owner of this wizard's trope? <laughs> Say it's a solid, solid possibility. And I have a picture of the wizard's trove to share with you. Ha 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 ha! I love it. And so this giant chicken has perched himself up onto this uh, counter as he's kind of like fixing up some of the stuff in his space. What would you like to do? Uh, I was going to walk up to him. And just kind of... <clears throat> and he turns his chicken head and he kind of looks at you. Good, sir. Do you happen to have any items that can be imbued with magic? Sir! Sir! Not sir! I am Quack, Supreme Wizard of Feathers and Twine. Okay, Quack. Uh, quack. 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 Do you have any rings that I can imbue with magic? Quack is mighty and powerful wizard. Quack can do Green. many things. Show me. Show me. Show me. Show me. And he kind of like waddles over to the edge of the uh, this counter. Show me. Show me. Show me. What are you looking forward to do? Uh, I want a summoning spell. I want to summon my lovely staff back when I throw it somewhere. Mm, or if it's throwing taken from things. 
She throws things, throwing things. Quack understands deep magic. Show Quack yep. what you want imbued with summoning magic. The basic nondescript looking ring. Just metal, silver metal ring. Is this a ring you have? Is this that Jasper ring that you had before? Or is this yeah. or are you looking yeah, at the one of the Jasper ring? No, it's the one of the Jasper rings. Okay. And uh you kinda like hold out this Jasper ring and, and Quok kinda like picks it up with one of his like winged arms. Quok mm, can do. Quok is great and powerful Supreme Blazer! Quok is capable of many magical things. Quok <laughs> is capable of great magics. <laughs> and you see Sir Goosington honk. And he's like, and, uh, like, not sure about this. Not sure they about this. Kind of make eye contact, and there's just a lot of back and forth. And they just seem to be getting along like really well and sir goosington kind of like flaps his wings and kind of like lands up on the counter and they kind of like seem to go back and forth in like a deep conversation and uh, kind of like gesturing back and forth to one another as as they do so and then quack goes quack will even offer discount to friends of sir goosington way to go goosey great and powerful magics like summoning spells take time how long quack Quack. I'm sorry. How long, Quack? Quack can have it ready by tomorrow evening before shower. Perfect. We'll be in town. Quack has many magical things and great and powerful wizard. Quack requires payment up front. Of course, of course, Quack. That's only reasonable. How much? Discount for Sir Usingdon's friend is. 55 gold! Is that all you can get, Goosey? The goose hawks. <laughs> I'm providing the ring. But okay! Quack, great and powerful wizard! Magic's very expensive, great magical item! Very expensive! Okay, okay, I get it. Thank you for the additional discount. Here is 55 gold. Thank you! Quack! We'll have your ring ready tomorrow before meteor shower! Perfect. I'll be back then, Quack. 55 gold for imbued magical alt item. Alright, Jasper Ring. Now we're down to what's 98 minus 55? 43. It's like you're asking the wrong person. But she knew that because Aaron (laughs) asking the wrong math person. I know, I know. Sure shit ain't me. So you get Quok to um, make you like this ring, and he tells you you can come back tomorrow before the meteor shower itself, and uh, you can either peruse the store or you can venture out and uh, do some more shopping. That'll just draw 55 gold on some magic, so she's going to go look for the top for her date Mm -hmm. before she spends all her money on magic items. Okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, you guys kind of like walk back out into the, uh, into the festival. And as you do, so you kind of run into Jazara who had been looking for you. And uh, she says, well, I have a ticket to the semifinals. Woo! No surprise there. (laughs) I I knew you could do it. She says, I want, uh, the, uh, entry fee back too, which is nice. Nice. So 
yeah, and I'll have to I'll have to pay more to like get into the next round, of course. But uh, yeah, whatever they offer for their final prize is supposed to be pretty good. And uh, with I that, got pants. Can... Yay! Okay, now we just need to get you a top, and you'll be all ready for your date. I also spent fifty-five gold on. Holy shit! That was with a discount for Sir Goosington. Wow. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh... I got to imbue one of my rings with, some, with a summoning spell. Oh, And we still okay. don't have a top for her. We got pants, but we don't have a top. <laughs> Alright, well, let's go look for a top. And with that, like, you guys kind of head back out into the festival. And because we're not, like, in a hurry for the festival or anything like that, we will end it here. And for our session, which I will Woo! have to figure out where to split up into two. Because oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but uh, but yeah. So we will wrap up here and pick up with the rest of the festival and continue on to Valkaria's date next time. Val's got a fucking date. I can't <laughs> wait for Val's date. Because because are we going to leave her alone to just be on a date? or? Oh gonna... no, I'm assuming that Jazz already has a plan in motion for like keeping <laughs> both of you like in the area but unseen. Yeah. So you can keep tabs and make sure that the heir of the syndicate doesn't, you know, fucking die. <laughs> right. Of embarrassment. Not, <laughs> not, of, and not of an actual death. Just embarrassment. I don't think she's a daddy actual danger. <laughs> I mean, Val is sus. Because the last time she was friendly with someone, not in any romantic way, but, you know, she got zombified and into a cult. Well, that's so, not true. <laughs> so she's she's kind of uh, please don't be a bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you oh, never know. Never says at the beginning okay. of a new relationship. I have to remind myself to ask a question next time. Not to the DM, but to Alcindrin. Yeah, just ask Alcindrin straight up. Are you evil? Like, are you evil though? Like, yeah. I wanna. I would love to see him react to this, but I just don't think he will. <laughs> He'll just be like, mm-hmm. when you like to know. Define evil. Are you evil? Straight up, are you evil? We but will catch you next, next time. Next time! Alright guys, I've got some disclaimers to read for you. So, we'll start with all of the usual stuff, where all of the music from the episode can be found on either tabletopaudio.com or was made in-house by me, which can be found on the Serenipitous setting on YouTube. Or on our website, which is the sorry not sorry ge.wixsite.com forward slash TSN SGP. You can also find the link for our website on our link tree on Instagram at the sorry not sorry generation. Also, come check out our YouTube. We now have a YouTube channel, the sorry not sorry generation podcast YouTube channel. There's no video elements to it, just so you're aware. But a lot of people listen to our stuff or listen to all kinds of things, really, on YouTube. So we thought we'd give it a shot, and so far, it's doing pretty well. If you guys are interested in us doing any kind of lives on YouTube rather than Instagram in the future, stop by and let us know. You can find most of our homebrew elements on our website, things like the Wild Magic Table, as well as the food and drink menus that you will hear us refer to uh, throughout not only this episode, but throughout many of our episodes as our encounter, our players encounter new and interesting things. Ani and I were both baristas at one point, so doing a kind of food and drink menu was a little bit of fun for us. 
Beyond that, we have some very specific things we need to talk about for this episode, as my players encountered several things which I would love to give credit to their original creators for, and those include a lot of the little creatures that they saw at the little creature booth, one of which is the Tiger Lily. And that was created, I found on Pinterest, it was created by uh, the artist known as Iguana Mouth. And I believe the Dandy Lion is also theirs as well. So you guys can go check them out. Um, I found them on Pinterest. I'm sure they have, like, I'm sure they have all kinds of, like, Instagrams and things like that, as all of these people do. Um, Additionally, there was the, a moss stoat which was from Fluffy Fluffy Folio along with the CB, and I highly recommend Fluffy Folio because I actually got a lot of things from them, and they're just so cute, which includes the Vampster, which is a little vampire hamster that you guys heard me refer to earlier, um, which is just the cutest thing on the planet. I recommend going just to look at that. Um, along with the bookworm is also from Fluffy Folio. The marble eye that Valkaria has is a modified version of Fluffy Folio's marble eye. The design is the same, though it doesn't have quite as many cool and interesting features as Fluffy Folio's version. So if you want to see all the things about the marble eye, feel free to go look at Fluffy Folio and take a look. It is absolutely heartbreakingly adorable. The Cremunculus little bottle is also from Fluffy Folio. Our little avocados were created by 1D6 Adventures. And the Espresso Dragon that I have, the design of which comes from, was inspired by, I should say, the artist Neverending Codex. The design for our Espresso Dragon is from that. Beyond that... Uh, the Sorry Not Sorry Generation has no affiliation with the Wizards of the Coast or Critical Role. We're just using their mechanics and their world like all D&D campaigns do to have fun. We also have no affiliation with Tabletop Audio as we're just using some of their wonderful creations to make our little our campaign a little more fun. You know, a little more dramatic with a bit of music thrown in there. The Nameless City itself, along with the party and Sir Goosington, are all a part of the Sorry Not Sorry Generation homebrew and as such belong to the Sorry Not Sorry Generation. If you have any questions about our campaign or any of the homebrew elements, please, please feel free to reach out to us. Always happy to talk D&D, and my players are always happy to talk about their characters. So just give us a shout. All right, guys. Thanks. Bye. Tune in next week for more fuckery because we have some serious questions and concerns. <laughs>